Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program. Our Tuesday is brought to you by our friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships, Nimnick Chevrolet. That's on uh, Cassett Avenue, Cassett and Park. I stopped by there today, as a matter of fact. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. If you want an automobile, you should head to the Nimnick family of dealerships. Frangie, Carlion, Brooks, Saunders with you. Do you remember the Gators used to have a basketball player named Rob Harden? Do you remember? Point, I don't. You guard? said that it before we came on, they, and it didn't ring a bell to me. And, and uh, so they, they had a basketball player named Rob Harden. So when I think of bas- when I think Harden, I think of, he, was, he was a point guard. He actually had a brother play there too, like, like in the eighties. Okay. Well, he was terrible. Like all of them were, but a guy named Rob Harden. It's Rob Harden who played for the Gators. I'm telling you, you well, you he's look not it up. Listening. Some guy named he was terrible. So, but anyway, so I walk in here, and and I'm in a hurry, and and RJ's got the Harden basketball jersey on. So I go, Rob Harden, and RJ's such a good guy. He's thinking, I can't tell the host he's a dumbass. You know, <laughs> you can't. I can't really say, hey, host, you're a dumbass. So RJ, you were very calm, weren't you, when I said Rob Harden until I remembered it was James Harden? Absolutely. I was like, you know what? I think Rob Harden did play for the Nets. <laughs> what I a think? good guy. See, that's what a good guy. That's what a damn good producer does. He covers you. Even when you got a dumbass host, he covers for the dumbass host. That is good work. You're buddy. not dumb, Frank. <laughs> hey, Rob, I, I go, hey, Rob Harden. Hey, there's Rob Harden. That's what I did. That's what I said to him. So it wasn't Rob Harden. Well, you kind of have this thing where you always say, other than Hayes, you always say everyone else's school incorrectly. So he probably just thought that that was well one of said. your bits. Well said. So there oh, you, it's, you he's know never going to say James Harden. He's going to say that's, Rob. That's exactly right. And, and by the way, be careful. That might have just become a bit. Okay. <laughs> but but I, I did. I always thought that Stevie Werfel was the best quarterback I ever saw play in Florida. So, <laughs> right. So there's, so there's that. I have a lot of things to talk about today on the uh, program. Um, any guests on Trevor? Any word on Trevor? I know that obviously they signed DJ Perry as the emergency since they don't have Nathan Rourke anymore. Any word on that? No word. Uh, the team's off today, so tomorrow we'll get uh, an update from Doug in, in terms of where he is, and obviously they'll have their first practice of the week, so we'll get a sense of you know, what he's able to do, if anything. Um, limited practice tomorrow, I think, would be best-case scenario. So, uh, you know, so we'll see. Doug's, uh, you know, it's with it being a, a concussion, he's not going to be able to go too deep into it, but we should have some idea of at least how it's trending early on. Uh, by this time tomorrow, but you know, again, I remain optimistic that he'll be able to play. I uh, in in so we'll see. But it, again, this if there's a an injury more unpredictable than the hamstring, it is the concussion. That's right. Well, well, way more. Honestly, you're, that's a great point. As unpredictable as hamstrings are, you never know with a concussion because nobody knows. I mean, until you, it's it's really all about testing. And there's you know, and there there's a and the tests are very very extreme. So you, so you never do know. So we'll see. Uh, a lot to talk about today on the program. How good are the Bucks? How good are the Bucks, Brooks? How good? Three in a row, three wins in a row, and and Mayfield was magnificent, obviously in Green Bay. Yeah, if Baker plays well, then they're good. I mean, we talked about is Mike Evans a Hall of Famer not that long ago. Mike Evans is really good. Really good, and, and Godwin had ten and for one fifty five. Chris Godwin is really good. You so he had ten for one fifty five. Yeah, the they've Packers. got some playmakers, and like I said, if Baker's playing well, then I, they are a force to be reckoned with for a Jaguars team that that's not playing as well. If this was the Jaguars team that had just beaten the Bills and were going to Tampa, right. I would have no concerns. And that's a great point, Hayes. Um, a lot of times, it's when you play someone. And to Lauren's point, when someone plays you, they're playing really well right now. All of a sudden. I'm concerned about this football game. It's definitely a concern. I mean, it's it's a toss-up game, and rightfully so, because one team is really struggling coming in and one team is super hot. 
I, I, I mean, I, I think Tampa is average to above average in terms of the 32. So, and I don't think there's a great variance there. You know, I, I, I think that's what they are. I, I think this is probably what we're seeing is probably the, the ceiling for Tampa Bay. I, I, I don't think that, you know, we're getting ready to see Tampa Bay win six, seven in a row, get hot in the tournament. That's, I don't think that's what they are. They do certainly have some, some great players that the Jaguars are going to have to be mindful of. So it's a, it's a difficult game. Uh, you know, they're not going to block Bea all, all game long. So that's going to be uh, an issue. But like we've talked about, I'm sure by this point they've kind of realized, look, we're not going to be able to run it up the middle on pretty much anybody. So we're going to have to work around that. And it makes it harder to run your offense because the opponent knows that. Uh, and, and so it's they certainly present challenges. Evans and Godwin will, will certainly be a, a, a difficult matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay has, has found a nice running back in, in Rashad White. Who was very good last week. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing well. I, I, my guess is they will start to slip. I mean, they are a team that lost, I think, at one point six or seven uh, earlier this year. So, I mean, in, in looking at Tampa Bay, I, I think they're – I think they're more bad than they are good, but to their credit, you know, they're making a run at this thing. I, I think if the Jaguars are are legitimately good, this is a game they should win. But if, you know, for whatever reason, if, if they've just completely lost their mojo, then, yeah, then they'll lose to Tampa on Sunday and be in real trouble. But, yeah, and looking at it, the, the Bucks lost 6-7 uh, from the middle of October until late November. So, I mean, this is not a, a great team, but again, to their credit, they they didn't uh, they didn't get down on themselves. They won two big divisional games against Carolina by three, and then uh, by four over Atlanta, and then probably had their most impressive game of the season last Sunday. Uh, anytime you go into Lambeau and put up thirty four and win by fourteen, uh, that that's a, quite an accomplishment. So, yeah, we'll see. I I, I like the Jags in the game. But certainly it's, it's a difficult game. But I think, again, you throw the last three weeks out, the Jaguars are a better team. And that's, of course, the problem is the last three weeks certainly count. And this Jaguars team offensively, it, we talked about it early in the season, Frank, that it felt like the offense was kind of broken. Well, they hit you know a point where it seemed to be just operating on all cylinders and Trevor was playing great. And then all of a sudden now we're back to the offense is broken. And I do think for all the blame that Trevor can get, I think there are so many other reasons as to why the offense isn't working properly. And certainly the offensive line is a huge part of it. And the one thing, the Bucks don't have one guy with 13 sacks or 11 sacks like the Jaguars just faced, but they have multiple guys with three to four to yeah. five sacks. Yeah, they're good defensively. Uh, to your point, Hayes, uh, the Bucks lost four in a row and six of seven at one point. I mean, they, I mean, they, and, but right before this three-game winning streak started, they had lost six of seven. And the three-game winning streak, two of them were Carolina and Atlanta. So it's not like they've taken down the Chiefs and the Ravens in the last three weeks. So, so we'll see. We'll talk about that. We'll but they up. did only lose to uh, San Francisco 27-14. to 14. <laughs> So they, <laughs> they had a much them, better showing at San Francisco. So they played them. Cool. All right, a lot of things to get to today on the program. Signing day is tomorrow. I mean, are you, are you excited? You're a sign, <laughs> are you a signing day guy? I, I love I signing. Love day. signing. I day. used to love it more when it was the first February or first Wednesday in yeah, February. Yeah. Um, that was just that was just such the perfect time as a fan because you were beyond the season and I it, it recruiting just gave you six so, weeks of just pure joy. Um, 
so I don't, you know, the calendar I think is is diminished it, but uh, obviously it's 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 of utmost importance. Even with the fact of knowing that as soon as these guys sign, they're eligible to go back into the portal a year from now, it still is the lifeblood. It's still the best way to go from average to good, good to great, great to elite. Recruiting is still the key to that. Let me t- take me back. Okay, it's uh, nineteen ninety four. 95 you're probably 1920 home from school probably probably dropping out or something mm-hmm. you again and, you and steve carliner drive around in the car day before signing day late afternoon what are you doing we were listening to you listening to the goddamn frangie shows Brooks, I mean, what they were we, doing we, okay we, we had a, that's what they were doing they we were listening a, to frangie show talking recruiting is what yeah, they were doing we had a tradition we would have all he's like our, he's like where's he going with this where's he yeah. going that's where i'm going with it hey yeah, it was a uh, narcissistic moment allow yeah, me absolutely okay? yeah it was uh we it was one of our uh great traditions and we would uh he'd pick me up and uh i was in 94 i would have been in college but i and and before then he yeah. would pick me up We'd go to his house. We'd have, you know, the parade all parade all American team. We'd have the Gator Bait cream of the crop That's, list. We'd have all awesome. the lists. I'm getting chills hearing this. And you know, we would just as as it as they came in, yeah. you know, we would start, you know, marking and yeah. things like that, and getting fired up. And you know, it helped that you know Spurrier was a great recruiter. So right. normally Florida, you know, was right. going to be somewhere between one and eight you know, in, in the rankings, you know, somewhere in there. So, and, and he always did, you know, pretty good job of closing at the end. So I, uh, we, I mean, it was always one of our most fun days of the year is because everything came in late. I mean, you know, it wasn't like now where kids will commit, you know, a year before they sign. I mean, 90% of the kids in the nineties, you wouldn't know their decision until maybe a few days before signing day. Yeah. We would listen to you as well, but that, 94, I was a little young to remember. Maybe 90, 92, 93, you were probably playing for the like Florida Elite Soccer. <laughs> no, I wasn't You were probably that a good. midfielder. <laughs> wasn't that okay. good. I just played Had a little header, header, teams. header at the end of practice. But we couldn't talk recruiting. We, you had a header at the end of practice, Carl. We did used to go to Strings to watch yeah, your show. I remember. And um, by the way, this is what National Signing Day will do to you. Jacob Rudner tweets out a couple minutes ago, breaking Florida five-star quarterback commit DJ Lagway and literally – like, I couldn't breathe for a yeah. second until I finished reading the sentence. Was named Max Prep's National Player of the Year. <laughs> Thank you, were you in a Jacob. Dead, you were in a dead panic. I was. I thought for sure that was about to be, oh, like, and bad news. bad news. Right. But it's not yeah, the good all news. Right. That's all, right. all good for DJ. All right. All kind of things on the program today. We're going to talk a little bit about Trevor. Will he play? How good are the Bucks? We'll start the program with that uh, today on the show. want to talk a little bit about signing day. Uh, Florida State, uh, I thought a real David Hale wrote a terrific story talking to Mike, I don't know if you guys saw it, Mike Norvell, about, about Florida State and, and what they're going through now. The snub, the the psychology of the snub, if you will. I got to get to that. Jake Paul's going to make the program today. I don't like Jake Paul, but I got an interesting thought about him. Have you watched Talia Tungavailoa at all? Here and there. Yeah. I, I, we Actually, the most I watched him was, ironically, the game you called. The Ohio State game. It was last year, and I so we were on a bye. And so Jean and I went up to visit some of her friends That's in right. Baltimore. That's so we right. went to the Ravens Panthers game, but the day before, right. we were just partying with her friends and I you know, and being that Maryland, right. uh, Maryland's the game that's gonna be on that people are gonna care about. So, you know, in the background we had the Ohio State Maryland game on and Maryland gave them all they wanted. Ohio State pulled away late. But uh that was the most I've watched of him. I've I've watched 
bits this season, but I've you know I've been impressed with him. I was surprised he's opting out of his bowl game because I don't think he's like that good. Um, but uh, you know, but I'm I'm in I'm interested in seeing what he'll be in the NFL. I whether it's you know second round pick, fifth round pick. What do you have you watched him? Not a lot. Yeah, he's really good. He's he's not Stroud, Bryce Young. He's not Tua, but he's pretty good. Uh, he, he's uh, well, here's why. I, what I wonder, what if he had never left? Because I think he's better than Jalen Milrow, and uh, you know what I mean. I really wonder what if he had never left. What if he had never left Alabama? Jalen Milrow might win the national title. Yeah, yeah, well, correct. But I still think good. Well, good point. It couldn't be any better than that. Yeah. It? But he's not better than I'm telling you. Talia's a better player. I, I will. Talia's a better player than Jalen Milrow. I, so it makes me wonder. You're right. I good, was, good point, by the way. It, that's about as good as it gets. You're right. I was surprised that Talia owns like every Big Ten passing he, record he's for the Big a career Ten. ever yeah. written. Yeah, he's the Big Ten passing leader. You got to qualify that uh, because <laughs> up until four years ago, every Big Ten team threw seven passes a game. <laughs> right. But, but still, but yeah. you're right. This, this season, he was 25 touchdowns, 11 picks, almost 3,400 yards. And a, a lot of great players have come through there. But that, but but twenty five and eleven. It's not twenty five and three. Correct. Twenty five and eleven. So yeah. that so that shows a, that shows a flaw. But you wonder of again, it's Maryland. Correct. So you wonder how many of those eleven yeah. were yeah. a tip pass at the line that gets that, picked. That's right. Receiver yeah. drops the ball that's and right. defensive yeah. back gets it off a of carom. It should have been caught. Very good point. We, we've got to do a better job in football statistically. Uh, statistically, I agree with of you. Of telling the story. Yeah. And, and is, there's way too many holes. A great in point. the statistical. Uh, breakdown. That is a really good point. A, a a ball that goes right in a receiver's hands, pops up, he drops, pops up in the air, is picked off, is a pick, and that's the stat. Right. So, well, your point is that there should be. I, I agree with you. That's a really good point. Well, I will tell you. Have again that great Ohio State team against Maryland in College Park. That game I had, it came. I, I don't remember the score, but it was right down to the wire. I think Ohio State scored late to make it like yeah. fourteen. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what. But it was. A, but it was a one possession game. Like. Yeah. Pretty much throughout. Forty-three to thirty. Forty-three, to th- but I think I think Hayes is right. I think it was. I think they scored. A, oh, by the way, at the end of the game, because it was back and forth. Well, Talia's the only reason it was close. The only reason that game was close is he he went toe to toe with Stroud, with C.J. Stroud, who's who's looks like he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the world. And Alave and Wilson, right? Uh, Would have had to have been. No, no, they weren't on that team. Not last year. They're they're not rookies. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? So, but uh, Marvin Harrison so was Marvin there. Marvin Harrison, Harrison. Yeah, he was yeah. there. So they had good receivers. Uh, so Smith and Jigba was there. Harrison That's right. was there. That's who I'm so, thinking so, of. But, they, but, but anyway, so the point being, um, it was a heck of a game now. So you think he'll be drafted fairly high? Well, he's little. He's really slight. So I think he's uh, Hayes made and Hayes better draft guy than I am. But what's your guess, Hayes? Second round? Third? High, high third? Early, I would say third yeah. is probably – I mean, yeah. I, I haven't broken it down. I haven't looked at it a ton. Yeah. But just – Based yeah. off of need and, and other guys that we know are going to be in the draft, yeah. I would say third to four. He's good now. I mean, he's really good. He's just he's just Lauren. He's slight of build, and now now the sl- a slight of build guy went first overall in this draft. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I want, but everybody now knows he shouldn't have. Everybody now knows he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been head mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk about that. But let's start with the Jaguars, Trevor. What happens? How good can they be if Trevor doesn't play in the football game? That's our topic. It's ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. 
want to say RJ's RJ's been crushing. He's dancing. Right I mean, he is crushing. You in there, Danny? You busted a movie there? Lauren. I can't see him. I, I, he's Dang not it. dancing, but he got me to look. That's Hayes has been around me too much. You know, hey, it's just taking Hayes six years to, to realize you just make up stuff. That's what I do. Yeah, it's absolutely. Up. Um, By the way, you said uh, one song we heard yesterday was like iconic in a movie. You guys will not know this. RJ, you probably won't either. But this song is iconic in 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes. I know that movie. Okay, well, I, I mean, I, this song, it plays, I'm not going to say it plays a pivotal yeah. role, but it's very fe- yeah. much featured in 10 yeah. Things I Hate About You. About that? That's what I bring you, to the program. You hue dropping <laughs> theatrical excellence is what you did. I don't know that's if it's excellence, that's, but that's McConaughey, people, have, right? people have told me, yeah, McCona- uh, no, not McConaughey. Wait, yeah, hold on. That's like Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles. Yeah, that's what I was going to oh, say. People, it. That's what I was going to say. Same guy. You got me distracted. You're thinking of... A oh, different yeah. rom-com. So Julia Stiles, with, is, is she the sister? Yes, she's the, she's, the mean she, sister. And that's what the, I was going to say. People have told yeah. me that I look like Julia Stiles. Not so much anymore, but when I was yeah, younger, well, people thought I looked like I Julia Stiles. I see that a little bit, yeah. Okay. Were, you a mean, were, you, were you a mean sister? I only tried to smother my brother one, one, one of my time. Stories, my, one of my favorite all-time Lauren Brooks stories. <laughs> because he was snoring. I wasn't really trying the to was kill him. And she said, I said, what did you do? I just I put my hand over his nose and mouth. <laughs> That's the tremendous Because what happens then is he could die, right? I mean, there's a, there's the, I mean, the, Hayes, there's the death potential. I mean, yeah. you it was like in a tent, right? Wasn't right. it camping or just It was home? camping, yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, advice to parents. Don't make the siblings that the sometimes get on each other's nerves stay in the same tent. The older sister goes, hey, mom, dad. I'm not sure, but I th- what's your Michael? My, uh, Michael, yeah. I think Michael's dead. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I that's, might have that's a hard him. conversation that, to have with your parents. That would be difficult. I think Michael's dead. So uh, how to lose a guy in ten days is what you were thinking is that, of. That's with McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Yeah, uh, but by the way, he grew up to become a marine. Uh, he's not anymore, but he so was he's okay? a marine. He's okay. So I think it helped him in you life. You toughened him up. That's exactly what I'm saying. Breathing exercises. So, yeah, Michael. he had breathing exercises. That's correct. Uh, if they don't have Trevor, how? I mean, how? I mean. They game. don't have Trevor. They're going to lose this game. They're gonna, and that's the end. Because they're not going to be able to run the ball. Right. And C.J. Beathard, I don't think, is capable of doing enough offensively uh, to to score what will need it to be scored. Because I, I do think Tampa Bay is going to find their way to at least 17, you know, maybe 24. If the defense plays badly, it could be worse than that. But uh, but I think, I think Tampa is going to score 17, uh, minimum, in this game off the defense. And so, you know, I, I think it's – I don't see C.J. Beathard without Christian Kirk, and I don't think they're going to have Zay Jones. So can C.J. Beathard with no running game find enough offense with Ingram and Ridley and Agnew to make it work? I don't see that happening. Uh, So I think if Trevor doesn't play, I'd put their chances of winning the game at like 15%. Oof, yeah, I think it will be tough. But at the same time, Trevor has played on this ankle that hasn't been feeling good, obviously. So maybe if, if C.J. Beathard's a little bit healthier, maybe he's able to kind of put the ball in, in better positions for the receivers. I do think that Trevor was missing some throws, and so I would still have optimism, Frank, that that a backup quarterback in C.J. Beathard could beat the Bucks because mainly not so much about C.J., but across the league we've seen backup quarterbacks win games week after week. We saw it last night. We saw it again on Sunday with the Bengals, right? So – I think it could be done, but to Hayes' point, it'll be very challenging unless the Jaguars somehow, some way, are able to run the football. And you got to keep it out, Hayes. You got to keep it out of a, a track meet game. You have you have to keep it out of the track meet game. You have to. I mean, I'm not saying Tampa Bay's the 2001 Rams, 
But they went up and down the field last week. Now He threw for 381 yards and four touchdowns. But he also got sacked five times. Baker Mayfield notoriously holds the ball. And Tray, uh, Tray, Trayvon Walker, he might have played his best game last week. He certainly played a good game last week. And Josh Allen is having that great year. I mean, it's got to be – you. this is a game you want strip sacks. This is a game that all those mistakes you're making in minus territory you need them to make. So I uh, – I'm not convinced they can't win with C.J. Beathard. I'm not convinced, but I hear you. It's a, it's a monumental challenge. Look, we're all hoping Trevor plays. I, I, so my, I've only been asked 17 times do I think Trevor's going to play, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, don't, I don't think I'm embellishing that number. I think it's about 17, and the answer is nobody knows. But I'm going to hold out hope that it was all precautionary and that he's good to go. I, but, but I'm not convinced they can't win. Lauren, I'm not convinced they can't win with C.J. Beathard. I – I mean, if they were playing the Chiefs or the Bills, I'd be pretty convinced. But I'm not convinced they can't beat the Tampa Bay Bucks with C.J. Beathard. I do think we'd feel even more confident, though, if Christian Kirk and Zay Jones were out there. Then I think we would be talking oh, yeah. about, and obviously if they have Travis Etienne has had more success, then we'd be talking about an offense that's flowing and C.J. Beathard just has to step in and, and run the offense. Without those guys and, and the lack of the run game, that is putting a lot on, and it's not just on C.J. if he yeah. plays. It's also putting a lot on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that's right. But I – Trevor Lawrence plays. I'm going to pick him to win. Are you going to pick him to win if Trevor Lawrence plays? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick him to win if Trevor Lawrence plays. If he doesn't play, I might not pick him to win. But I. But I would not be totally shocked. I. I just wouldn't. I. I so. So. So we'll see. Um. It's uh, obviously, this uh, CJ. CJ's a two and ten as a starter. But this one would be different. I. Th- I think he was on some wounded and bad 49ers teams, even though they're very good now. I. I don't think. I don't think he went to a very good 49ers team and made him bad. Yeah, I, I think I think there was a lot wrong with the 49ers when he when he started for them in those years. We'll see. It's going to be well. And look, we see quarterbacks. Uh, you know, look at Geno Smith and the career resurgence that he had last year. This in year, Seattle. it's all over the league. Quarterbacks yeah. step up, and, and then yeah, even sticking with the same team last night. We'll get to this in our take flight later today. But uh, I mean, Drew Locke. I mean, no one thought Drew Locke was any good, and he did. He wasn't amazing last night, but he did throw the game winner with 28 seconds left to beat one of the best teams in football. Right. Uh, so, you know, I will say this for Beathard. When a court, when a player doesn't play for two or three years, it doesn't mean they've gotten worse, and it, and it, and it certainly doesn't mean they can't have gotten better. Right. Uh, you know, Beathard has looked fine here when he's in the few moments that he's had uh, to play. So I, I think it would be difficult, but it's not so much a Beathard issue as it is they don't really have much around him. So I think now you're talking it's it's going to be hard enough for Trevor Lawrence. I think it would be really hard for a player who hasn't played in a number of years to step in with Ridley and Ingram really as your two weapons. Because, uh, again, I just don't think ETN's going to get going again. I, 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 I think the run game, particularly between the tackles, is right. totally broken. I think in recent weeks, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco, Jake Browning, Case Keenum, Drew Locke, uh, Bailey Zappi, your guy, and uh, Tommy DeVito have all won games. Mm-hmm. In recent weeks, one, two, three, four, five, seven backup quarterbacks. I mean, within the last two or three weeks, seven backup quarterbacks have won games. So it's not out of the realm yeah, of possibility. Two won against the Jaguars. Uh, well, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that goes to show you. And this is a defense that we thought uh, was pretty good throughout much of the season. Uh, Hayes, Trey Herndon wasn't on the inactives. But he didn't really play in the game. And obviously, I'm asking this question because Trey Herndon had just been in concussion protocol. So he was cleared to play for the game, but they decided not to use him. Is that correct? Yeah, they, they like Antonio Johnson, and they liked, I think, that matchup more. Um, I'm curious to see if that translates over to what 
uh, Tampa Bay will throw at them. Um, so, and the communication aspect was was fine against Baltimore. I don't I don't think that that was uh, any cause for concern. So the crowd wasn't too loud. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Um, that, that's when this whole thing went south yeah, is when uh-huh. they were like, why are these fans yelling? <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, so, so we'll see, but yeah, I mean, I think they have some flexibility at the nickel. Um, and, and Antonio Johnson certainly is, I said, t- they really need Tyson and Cisco back this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be gigantic. I, I, I will tell you this. I want to see the Trey Herndon has been good in the nickel better than anyone thought it would be, but I want to see them Hayes with Tyson Campbell, Andre Cisco, Darius Williams. Rayshon Jenkins is really playing well, and Antonio Johnson is the nickel. I want to see that because I think that's where they're headed. I, I think they really like him. I, I Even though they told us he's a safety and he's not going to play corner? Yeah, yeah. It, it, nickel's sort of a hybrid of the two. Yeah. Nickel, nickel's based on how you're playing. I mean, again, the, the Jags lose, use a lot of that big nickel, which is a safety. But, I, I boy, I hope those guys are back. So, so we'll see. All right, all right we've got a lot of time. We'll talk more Jags. Coming up, and we'll learn when we learn about Trevor. Certainly, everybody will know it's only Tuesday, and like Hayes said, they're not in the building today. So we will see. When we come back. I want to talk signing day. What does it mean? Uh, signing days of years gone by. We are one day. We are on the eve of signing day. Who's flipping? Who's not? Who needs to have a good day? All that and more. When we continue, it's ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on ten ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Welcome back to the Frangie Show on this Nimnik Tuesday. Frank Frangie is Carolina I'm Lauren Brooks. By the way, question for you, gentlemen. Are you in the car driving anytime you're not listening to Tension XL? Are you jamming out to Christmas music? Not yet, but I'm going to start. Yeah, I haven't gotten. Days away. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> it's like really snuck up on. It has. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know why, but uh, you do you do Christmas? Are you done it yet? Today was the first day that I. So I had angels. We have heard on high stuck in my head. Yeah. So I had to listen to it, and I don't know why. I feel like Hayes, you would like this version, but I chose Jules' version. Oh yeah, love Jules. Yeah. So yeah, she has sure, a good like angels. It. We have heard on high Christmas song. That so I was in the house yesterday, and Suzanne had on uh, Channel Four. And the Kelly Clarkson show comes on, uh-huh. and she opened the show by singing "Oh Holy Night." Oh, ho, ho, ho. Kelly Clarkson singing it. Oh, I bet that was so good. Boy, was it good. Yeah. Boy, I mean, boy, was it seriously? Boy, was it good. I bet uh, my favorite version. And I've told this on air and to you multiple times, Frank, is Martina McBride's "Oh yep, Holy Night." Yep. Um, but I can only imagine Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood and Martina yeah, McBride all have yeah. those voices that can carry that note yeah. that and can hit that note that nobody else can. I've said this. It's not a Christmas song. <laughs> And I know I've told you this, and I mm-hmm. think you've done it. If you've never seen Carrie Underwood sing How Great Thou Art with Vince Gill playing the guitar, you've seen it. I have. Hey, Hayes, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you've never, if you, honest to God, if you've never seen the version of Carrie Underwood, I, I don't know if it's in an award show or something, but Carrie, it's on YouTube. Carrie Underwood singing. I'm sure it was an award show. Carrie Underwood singing How Great Thou Art with Vince Gill playing, playing the guitar and harmonizing a little bit, I think. It's one of the most. It's one of the greatest musical performances I've seen in my life. In my life, would you? Is that embellishing it? Do you think? No, no, absolutely. It's not. one of the greatest musical performances of my lifetime. Carrie Underwood singing "How Great Thou Art" with Vince Gill playing the guitar. Honest to God, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. So people, uh, after our show, YouTube it. Uh, all right, let's get to National Signing Day. It feels kind of quiet, at least on the Florida front. Is that accurate, Hayes? 
I think so. I mean, that's I, good, I, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously the the big blow was the uh, decommitment of Xavier uh, Filsimi. Correct. And so, uh, you know, now I think it's you're sort of just hoping to to hang in on the other guys that you have. Um, Jaden Baugh is a, a talented running back that uh, was committed to Arkansas. He's backed off that. Um, Alabama's in the mix for him. So uh, so he'll be uh, uh, crimson tide by this time tomorrow. But Florida is holding out hope uh, that they can they can add him. So there's some players that Florida is is in on. I don't know that they're going to radically sh- shift the you know perception of the class. It, I, you know I don't think they're going to go from tenth today to to sixth tomorrow. I, I think it's basically can they stay at ten? You know or do they end up you know, falling to like 18, something like that. So I think for Florida, it's just sort of hanging in with the guys that, that they've got. And, uh, you know, in a lot of nervous moments, I think, between now and, uh, you know, this time tomorrow when a lot of these will start rolling in. Yeah, they've got they've – got, Florida's got two five-stars left after Phil Semi left. Lagway and McCray, they, they expect they'll get both of those guys, the quarterback and defensive end. They've got – is it nine four-stars, I think? Well, Morris Williams probably leaving. He's probably going to Auburn, right? But after that, Miles Graham, Fletcher Westfall, Aaron Childs, uh, Amir Jackson, Adarius Hayes could leave, but Adarius Hayes, Kanan Daniels, the running back, Jure Hawkins, T.J. Abrams, they're all coming, right? I mean, according to your uh, – I it mean, seems like that, it. That's I nine four-stars that by all accounts look like they're coming. I would agree. I, I would – I mean, again, who, who knows in this in this day and age, but – it seems like Florida feels pretty good about about that group. Which is good because I think if the class finishes, what, top 15, I think people should be elated. Well, like Hayes, Hayes, the point Hayes makes all the time, that kind of recruiting class to a 5-7 and seven team with the coach sliding closer. I don't know if Billy's on the hot seat. But he can see it from where he is. He's absolutely on the hot seat. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I, I don't think there's any. I, he'll be on when you see the preseason see magazines roll out. Yep. I think he's going to be the first name mentioned on yeah. the hot seat. So with the coach on the hot seat, and and a five and seven record, to Lauren's point, you're in a top ten, fifteen recruiting class. It's pretty good, right? I think so. I mean, I again, particularly since it's got the potentially program altering quarterback in it. Uh, and and so you know we'll see. I, again, the hope is that you know the offensively next year you've got the steady guy in in Mertz leading the way. But hopefully DJ Lagway is is ready to give you you know 15 snaps. Uh, maybe that's a little high, but somewhere in that range of you know a a, a different look. Uh, he is a gifted runner. He is absolutely physical enough. I mean, I saw him in spr- at the spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, was was blown away then at uh, his physicality for a high school kid. So um, yeah, I'm sure he's even probably more uh, filled out now. So I uh, so Lagway will be able to help them if if Napier wants to introduce more of a running quarterback element uh, to some of these matchups. You know, I think that would be effective. Lagway back there with Montrell Johnson. Uh, you know, Trayon Webb. Uh, you know, we'll see about. Uh, Cam Carroll coming back from the the knee injury, so I uh, I thought Webb looked pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I, I think so, and you know, again, so that is something that I think Florida will be able to incorporate if Lagway is ready for it. Physically, he's ready for it. He's ready for college football. It'll just be 
can he mentally get up to speed with, uh, you know, the ins and outs of one of the most sophisticated offenses in all of football <laughs> ever invented in Billy Napier's scheme? Yeah, I'll be very interested to see what happens with that. And by the way, here's, here's, I'll tell you how that's going to go. How did if, you not laugh at that? Yeah, if they're any good, if they're any good, then Mertz will be the quarterback. If you look up and they're four and three, Lagway's a quarterback the last five games, right? Isn't that how that you would think, goes? but I, my guess is, my guess is Napier will stick with Mertz uh, throughout. Well, if the they're four and three, Napier might not coach the last. Well, five, that's or, or three absolutely or four or whatever, true. So, but, anyway. but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think I'd be surprised if if Lagway beats out Mertz at any point in the season. I we, think if Mertz is healthy, because the last thing Florida needs is, you know, a true freshman at quarterback not really knowing what they're going to get unless he's just incredibly special I mean I again if if he's you know if he's one of the best quarterbacks to enter college football in the last 20 years then yeah he'll beat out Graham Mertz but I would think for a coach on the hot seat going to be hard to pull a 70 percent completion guy who doesn't turn the ball over you know off the field for any length of time right um so I I would think it's you know probably 85 percent Mertz, fifteen percent lagway would be the right the what you're hoping for. When you followed recruiting back in the day, was there any recruiting analyst that stood out? I got one guy in mind. You might not be old enough. Well, it was I uh, when I was a kid, first getting into it. Buck Halter. Buck Halter was, was was on my list. Was big. He's not the guy. Um, I'm talking about nationally. I'm talking about worldwide. Uh, maybe maybe universe wide. Yeah, I remember um, Lemming. Lemming. Tom Lemming. Yeah, I just wrote him down, too. He, um, I, I wrote four. That's two of the four, but that's still not the worldwide. That's still not the president of it. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all but time. But having Buckhalter and Lemming, you you know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure when you say the name, it'll it'll click. But well, Maybe because he's, he's the freaking Mel Kuyper of college guru. recruiting. At least he was. Out of Texas, I think. I don't know. Just go ahead and tell me. Max M. Finger. Oh, M. Finger. How do you not remember Max? Max M. I do Finger. now that you've said Max it. Max M. Yeah. Finger might be the greatest human of all time. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's Mother Teresa and Max M. Finger. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, didn't you follow M. Finger? All of it. He was the greatest. I, I mean, I honestly the, had as much passion for recruiting as I did the season. I, we all. Did. I mean, I we to me it was I, I broke everything, and yeah. this was before yeah. obviously yeah. you didn't have YouTube. I mean, you didn't know anything about right. these guys. All you knew were the lists. And who was on? Who was a parade all American, and you know things like I, that. I promise you, when I just said Max M Finger, there's people driving around town now with a fist pump. That's right. There, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. Do you know the name Max M Finger? No. He may be the greatest human of all time. He's better than everybody. So how he should did have been he, the pre- he should have been the president? How did he get all of his information? You know, I don't know. I I mean, uh, I, I think working the phones. Yeah, and, he, he, and he was. He, like and that, he had contacts and, everywhere. Yeah. M Finger had contacts everywhere. He yeah. knew every. Every high school coach, every college coaches would feed those guys. Right. You know, that that's back then we used to break stories. There was no internet. There was no rivals or scout. So you you the Times Union you could break the story who was going where. So Brad Scott was the FSU recruiting coordinator. We became really good buddies. So he he would I'd write all this great stuff about how he's a great recruiter and he'd feed me stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a true story. I I'd write it. He he I mean, he he fed me. That guy fed me more. Yeah, and he. I mean, this guy. Now he he's Jeff Scott's dad. Jeff Scott, right. the coordinator, coordinator at Clemson, most recently the head coach at USF. And he would go. I mean, he was he would. And Brad went right up the last man. He was the, he was a recruiting coordinator at FSU, um, offensive coordinator at FSU when they won a national title. Became the head coach at South Carolina. 
That didn't pan out until offensive coordinator comes in. He had a great career, but he would feed me all the time. The number one recruiter in the nation is Brad Scott. <laughs> Brad Scott, absolutely. The uh, and and I can he tell was, you, he was I, really good. And by the way, he was, and he certainly was in my column. Yeah. The um and I and but M Finger was the so greatest. That's how those columns get written, or those lists get written. So Who has given I'll, me the most amount of? I'll, I'll tell you this story. So, so and I know I've told this story in the air before. So Bill King, who still who still does it, Bill King, you know Bill King mm-hmm. out of Nashville, WLAC. Bill was the south, the southern guy, and so. He had this one nine hundred number, and he literally would make a hundred grand a year back then. Hundred grand a year in the early nineties was a That's lot. Like of a money. million dollars now. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of money, and so he'd make a hundred grand a year in the early nineties just by having this one nine hundred <laughs> number, and he would update it: who's leaning, who's committing, who's decommitting, what he's hearing, mm-hmm. and a hundred thousand a year. And so, so we started doing it with practice reports. I've told this story many times. So I started doing Gator practice reports on this one, and, and this, the, all these different companies would, would show you how to do the one nine hundred number. So I started doing Gator practice reports, gosh, 92, 93, somewhere thereabouts. And I won't even tell you how much we made the one year, but it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know what happened the next year? This internet. damn thing called the internet. <laughs> I hate yeah. the internet. Right. The, the money I could have made on that one nine hundred number, yeah. but they didn't come around with this damn internet. Right. So so. Bad, so but did you do your shows from Gainesville? I did a lot of shows from Gainesville. Okay. I mean, I like you'd go to practice and then do the Frangie show the from Gainesville. All the time. Yeah, we did, we did, I'd go to basketball. When, in the 1994 team went to the Final Four, we I, I know I've told you this story. One of the reasons I like Lon Kruger so much is we were, we went to the regional in Miami and we're doing shows from there. And uh, and we're doing the Sheridan right there on the river where the Gator team was staying and all the Gator clubs were there. It was packed. So we'd do shows in the lobby. Day of the game. I mean, day of that UConn game. The fr- Friday, UConn game was on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Lon comes down, they all cheered. He sits and does some radio with me. I mean, Lon Kruger, the head, this would be the equivalent of Billy Donovan doing it, on the day of this gigantic game, is on my radio show in the lobby. And back then we did like 12-minute segments. He came down for a segment, did, did it. I think I've told you guys this story before. Plays are going crazy, and we're about to go to break. He goes, need me to stay another segment? <laughs> he stayed a second segment. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, he's coaching that night. And so it was cool. Those, those, those are fun days back then. But I, I love signing day. I used to love Doing radio on signing day, Blue talks about it all the time too. Uh, when it was in February, you waited forever for it. I was I was a big proponent of the early signing day. Now I wish we didn't have it because because I loved it in February. Now and I and I was a proponent of moving it to. I I thought they should move it to August. That's what they should do. Yeah, August. If you want to sign and get it over with, you should. I I thought August and then February was what I wanted. They settled on December, but I wish it was now February. And, and hopefully they will. I think move the timeline. I, I think it's it's clear they need to. Well, you know, you know, you know the pushback in August. Coaches vacation. If it's in August, coaches in June, July can't ever leave. Whereas, whereas now they can. You know, so I mean, that, I mean, that was the pushback. The, the coaches association fought it. Well, I think then the coaches have to decide when do you want to do this, right. and because all they do is complain about December. Right. So That's either right. either have it August thirty first. And have to incorporate some recruiting in your fall camp, or have it in December and and deal with what you have been very vocal about that right. you don't like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like the idea of it in August because then the player doesn't have to worry about it at all throughout their senior season. It's exactly word you know, for word what yeah. I've said and why I've said it. If so you want to get me, it over with, you can get it over with. Yeah, to me, there's not you're not giving them much of a break by allowing them to sign December twentieth versus February. I mean, that's only basically six weeks early. So it's better than having to be hounded until 
the first Wednesday in February if you're truly committed, you know, because these schools don't stop calling. So you could be solidly committed to a school, but, you know, just like they should. It's it's capitalism, and those those competitors are going to keep reaching out to see can we break this wall down and finally get this kid to see it our way. So you're going to always be hounded. And, uh, yeah, to me it would just be let's, you know, any time in August that they want to do it, it's fine. If they'd rather do it in early August, do it in early August. If they want to do it, you know, in, in the latter part of August when, you know, you're, you're getting a little closer to the regular season, do it then. But to me, that's where you should do it so that the player has their entire senior year where they know where they're going. The other thing, too, is if they get hurt, they already know that they've locked their spot in. I, I think all that's important. How are you going to handle it when Jackson starts getting recruited? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. I mean, again, the lack of recruiting him got Scott Frost fired. Okay, so <laughs> so so, so uh, does Jackson have a game anytime soon? Or yeah, it's funny you should uh, mention that. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. got a game tonight. Actually, <laughs> yeah. now this is flag. This isn't uh, you know tackle. Will you full be tackle. out there? Because it'll be warm. yeah, I'll it'll be, be out there. Because you tonight. know I'm it'll a I'm a sap. <laughs> And uh, what's the temperature know, gonna be tonight? I looked, and it's gonna be uh, 45, I think, degrees at okay. kickoff. Yeah, um, yeah, for this thing, and for, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not enough whiskey in this city yeah. to keep me warm. <laughs> yeah. well, if do it's 45, do they stream degrees. these games? Like, can you sit back at home oh, and watch it on glorious. the? Hey, but, uh, yeah. Important question: How close is the field to the parking lot? I 15 steps. Okay, because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drop. I'm driving out there. And I'm going to roll it up one of Hey! <laughs> How cold is it out there, buddy? Hey! Yeah. Got yeah. the heater on. Yeah, yeah, hey! yeah. You got the heated seats. <laughs> I'll yeah. wave at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wave and then drop off. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's going to be one of those games that at halftime, I probably will go into my car, turn the car on, right. blast the heater, right. blast the heated seats, and, you know, and try to get. I mean, I, you should see what I've got in my car. I look I like I'm packed you. for yeah. Antarctica. Because <laughs> um, you have a tendency yeah. to not dress appropriately for the well, weather, so well, I need well, to oh, make yeah. sure right. you have enough yeah. stuff. Hayes has no idea that there's weather forecast. No, <laughs> he has. He has no. He has no <laughs> idea. He already looked for tonight, yeah. though. I'm yeah. so impressed. Yeah. I, you know, it only took getting to be 47 years old <laughs> before I finally got burned enough by not <laughs> being prepared for weather <laughs> that I started to kind of look at it. And uh, oh. so, yeah, so I'm, I'm oh. ready. I'll be I'll look ridiculous because I'm going to be like, to- I mean, it's 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 I mean, do you have gloves? Beanie? I've got gloves. I've got the hat. Yep. I've got the heaviest would- jacket I own. <laughs> do you have a blanket? I don't have oh. a blanket. Okay. I, I, I have too much dignity, for that, but <laughs> I'd rather be cold. I can't tell you how many times. wrapped around a blanket. <laughs> I can't tell how many times. You're going to regret that. Hayes, Hayes on the Jags beat over these 10 years. There'd be, there'd be a December roadie in Cincinnati that was 38, and he'd have a golf shirt and a windbreaker. <laughs> I'm not making it up. No. I, hey, hang on. It's a little, I'm going to go get the windbreaker. <laughs> I covered a playoff game at St. Awesome. Augustine High School when I worked uh, at the record, and so this would have been pretty deep into December. And Justin Barney and Stuart Corfidge still make fun of me for this. And I, I literally showed up in, like, a T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? Like, and I froze oh. for – I was on the sideline freezing for three and a half oh, hours. Because I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm not smart. You I know? just always I'm thought not you were a tough smart person. until you finally right. told me, right. no, I just don't yeah. look at the weather yeah. forecast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no I, I have, I've been able to alter my, my theory, my philosophy. I have gone from everybody from Bowles is smart to 
most of the people from yes. Bold are smart. I was able to kind of amend 99.9% of them are smart, <laughs> and then there is me. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Florida State Seminoles. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Carry it's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Don't you cry no more. Dan, please, Caroline. Brooks? Um, sorry, I Kansas. wasn't Kansas. paying much attention. By the way, we have placed a call into the uh, <laughs> Nocatee Athletic Association. We will let you know if we've heard back. We are asking for tonight's game to be canceled. Yes, we are. Because it's under 50 degrees and we live in Florida. Um, any word, Lauren, I know you were making the call. Any word back yet from the Nocatee, from the I've NAA? I've not the heard Nocatee back from... When I called, all I heard was laughter, yeah, so I'm not sure that I'm going to get a call back. Well, they're laughing now. <laughs> and when they're sick on Christmas morning, who uh, will be laughing then? That's a very good question. By the way, the Lions just waived Riley Patterson. Any? Am I the only one who has any interest in bringing Riley Patterson back to compete with Brandon I, McManus? I still like McManus. But I mean, I like him. I mean, he's got to – obviously, he's got to button it up now, but – uh, it's been a, a a rough little couple weeks here, but uh, but I still think Brandon McMan- McManus is a is a top shelf kicker in this league. Well, let's hope so. By the way, the reason they did that is because they activated quarterback Hendon Hooker. That is the Lions. So Hendon Hooker finally healthy after that knee injury uh, that he suffered at Tennessee. So I doubt we're going to see any of Hendon yeah. Hooker this season because Jared Goff and the Lions have ten wins. But it is interesting at least. Yeah, no question about it. I, I want to talk about the Knowles for a second here. The um. Mike Norvell, and you heard the clip on and Gibby's update there, and I read the story as well from David Hale, talks about how still much how difficult it's been being snubbed. I got thinking about this. We talked about it at the time, and then not much since then. But you know what? I, the whole snubs thing, think about it for a second, though. If you're the players, and I know we said it all the time, but I'm going to reiterate it. If you're one of their players, the college football season is, is year-round. It's a 12-month deal. You start in January with your whatever, mat drills or whatever they do, then there's then there's the workout. Then there's the spring practice. Then there's the off your uh, your own personal conditioning. Then you're back at camp in July, and then you have the season. Can you imagine how how hard they grind you? How hard coaches grind you? How hard the weight guy grinds you? The weather in Florida in July when you're when you're going to camp in Tallahassee, Florida. It, it's and they practiced here a couple days yeah. at UNF, and, and it, was it was hot. Stupid hot. Remember yeah. that? I mean, you, you and I were both out there. It was stupid hot. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking that your whole year, and then you then two teams with the loss go in ahead of you. Forget the whole who's better or not. I, we've had that discussion enough, and we can, we can disagree on what they should have taken. I, 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 I think FSU should have been in. I think most people I know think that, but regardless. But more than should have been in, can you imagine if you're those kids – and all you did and how you grinded and you won every game and now you're now you're playing in the NIT and Jared Verse isn't playing he announced today Johnny Wilson's not playing a bunch of mo- right I mean, there's some, I mean can you imagine how Trey def- Benson Jaheim Bell Fabian Lovett how deflating that must be and look oh, was it Auburn in 04 that had the undefeated season didn't get in yes i think i think Texas and USC got in right mm-hmm. and Auburn had the undefeated season didn't get in which is one of the main reasons they that Auburn team is one of the reasons they went to the four team. That's right. And so uh, I think it was 04 that Auburn was undefeated and didn't get in. But Tuberville was the coach, right? But I'm just thinking uh, they were. I know that I know they're undefeated and didn't get. They in. were undefeated. And so 
But I mean, can you imagine if you're these Florida State kids right now, and you're and I don't know, and and I, I how much does it affect their play in this game? You know, I mean, I, I wonder. You got to wonder about it, don't you? How much it affects them now? I mean, I don't think you even have to wonder, Frank. I I think Florida State is basically limping into this game. I, I think the playoff committee, the the major disservice was not putting Florida State sixth ahead of its game against Louisville. I think had Florida State, the players and the coaching staff, had they gone into that game thinking that they might not make the playoff, that might have changed something. But because they were completely blindsided, it, the coaches just told him, just win this game and you're in. That's that's what Mike Norvell and his staff said to their 17- to 22-year-olds. Just win this game and we are in. And then to be proven wrong and to, to feel like – you know, you lied to your players, even though obviously they had the best of intentions with that. That is devastating, and it's something that these players will live with for their entire lives. The The committee absolutely made a mistake. They were hoping that Florida and Louisville would bail take them, them away from having to make – yeah, bail them out. Uh, avoid having to make a difficult decision. And, uh, you know, and, and that trust was misplaced in a, in a pathetic Florida team. And uh, and a Louisville team that, you know, was probably had probably gotten to that game by not having to play the, quote, heavyweights in a bad league. And so, you know, it's it's absolutely I think if if Jordan Travis gets hurt and the next rankings that's reflected in Florida State falls, then it, it certainly it's it's still disheartening. But I think Florida State it would have been a little easier to stomach, but to not penalize them for that, have them beat the Gators in the swamp and then beat Louisville for the ACC title. And and again, defensively, they've been magnificent all year. They have a playoff defense. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, but, but to then at that stage say, Nope, now we're going to drop you. I, you know, I, I, they, it was completely handled poorly. It was the wrong decision for one. I, but, uh, but it was completely handled poorly, and yeah, I can understand it's it's it to me it's harder it would be harder to deal with this than it would be, you know, if it, losing a game like you lose a game even if you feel like you know there was a bad call or something like that. It, it's at the end of the day, it's a sixty minute game. There's a lot of plays in it. You tip your hat to the the opponent as crushed as you are, but to just be cheated out of the opportunity. It's it's I don't know that you ever get over that. Yeah, and I think the line to me, Frank, out of David Hale's article on ESPN was when Mike Norvell said, "You had to learn how to work through disappointment, hurt, frustration, and anger, every bit of it, for 18 to 22 year old kids and a 42 year old head coach." Yeah, I don't think I really thought that much about what Mike Norvell has gone through. I certainly thought about his yeah, team and Jordan point. Travis and the other players. I didn't think about how he has to face the team, but he also has to work through it himself. I mean, this is a guy who was looked at as maybe not that great of a head coach a few years ago. No question. And then now he could be and should be in the college football playoff. Yeah, without Jordan Travis, but still he deserves to be there and he's not. And 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 the other and the addendum I agree with everything you said. The addendum to that is look, they have a great team. And uh, and Florida State really does and they've got a really a rising program. But this isn't Georgia or Ohio State or Michigan who can lose 20 guys and have 20 more just like them ready to play. They, they won by having a lot of 22- and 23-year-old guys, almost like the old Wake Forest teams under Jim Grove. Remember that? They don't have all those redshirt seniors. They have all these veteran guys, and you don't know what it's going to be like next year. I mean, I mean, this is most teams don't get there very often. If you're not Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, 
this was your chance. Now, again, you can't help the injury to, to Jordan Travis. And frankly, because of the injury, they probably weren't going very far in the tournament. But they would have been in it. But yeah. at least that, that outcome would have been determined on the field. No question. And not oh, by human beings. Oh, I agree with you. I think yeah. they should have been in. And, and you're right. They, they would have been able to live with the loss Correct. More. I agree. I but, but, and maybe they don't lose with that defense. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, but, but I mean, Hayes, this is – you don't get this. That's, that's the, the – and, when, and, I, and we talked about it all the time and then I haven't talked about it since. But then reading and hearing Mike Norvell's quote since then, who, who knows the next – sorry, FSU fan, you may be great, but right now there's a – I don't know who your running back's going to be. I don't know who your two receivers are going to be. Your quarterback probably didn't go to school there last year. Uh, I, I don't know when FSU will – We'll have a chance like this again. That, that's the thing, is they had a chance to win a national championship, and you just you just don't know in this era of, of Georgia and Alabama you know, how often you're going to have that opportunity. Now, I do think that they're, they've established themselves as they're the best in this league. I, I think they've jumped ahead of Clemson, and I don't know that Clemson is going to just jump right back over FSU. So – I you know we'll see, but certainly this was this was the year. They're never going to have as old a team as they had this year. I uh, you're you're rarely in this day and age going to have a quarterback that's his, in his third year starting for you. I uh, you know everything else that came along with it, and they they had sort of taken advantage of the portal and and while a lot of schools had ignored it, well that time is over. No one's going to ignore the portal now. So you sort of took advantage of. Uh, something that it's going to be harder to dominate it the way that they have because there's just going to be way more buyers. Uh, and so I, I think in, in looking at it, everything hit aligned for FSU to make a really special run at this thing and you know to have a committee basically say, nope, this run is over and not have it decided on the field at any point uh, that went against you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's a miscarriage of justice. I mean, it just is. And I, the other thing that I think hurts is it's like it'll never happen again. Like you, there's nothing to even really pioneer here because the new system takes it to 12 and we'll never have a team of significance go 12 and 0, 13 and 0 and not be one of the 12. It just won't ever happen. So it's, it's just, it's just a very empty feeling. And I'm sure for Jordan Travis, it's also hard too. Cause not only, are you feeling the emotions of your team? But you also have to rehab this injury. We're not even sure how you know, bad it was, but it seemed horrific, certainly at the time. I'm glad that he's a you know, man of faith because I'm sure it's really hard to be him too, feeling like had I not gotten hurt, even though you don't control that, we would be in the college football playoff. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Jake Paul, believe it or not, and more than that about branding. I'll explain. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. So uh, Jake Paul is a branding guy. You need a branding guy. I do. You're right. I, I know because I because I what I didn't, you you're still going to promote when our when my new alternative rock band Too Fat for Carrot Cake goes on the road. <laughs> yes. You said you you know are you going to technically got, I got, never said you were fat. You, we've got, got a lot of merch coming out. Okay. Are you, you going to buy are you going are you, you going to buy a T-shirt? 
No, because I never said you were fat <laughs> or too fat. Too fat for Carrot cake. It's my alternative rock band, and we're going to go on the road. <laughs> it's a great name. Hashtag too fat for carrot cake. I think it's going to be a great, you know what? It's going to be a great tour. Yeah. We're going to start in Norway. You know? Norway is very excited. We're, the okay. pre sale has been amazing. <laughs> we, come, we, we come to Daly's. You're going to come? You're going to come to the show? Nope. <laughs> All right. It's a, great, it's a great band name. I'm, I'm disappointed. You, I mean, Hayes and I are in this together. I've heard you play branding. music before. <laughs> You've heard enough. You've heard enough. You got I don't know snippet. how well that's going to go. A, you heard a little snippet. Uh, that's my new brand. No matter how good your merch is. <laughs> you got great merch. You know By the way, when did we shorten merchandise or merchandising to merch? Like, how long ago was that? A couple years? Yeah, Five probably. years? Like, why? Is merchandise too long of a word? Yeah. That's a good point. Well, it's cool. It's because it sounds hip. Is it because people, the young people couldn't spell merchandise, that's so they just shortened it, it to merch? Would you come if we like had an opening act like Low Cash? Would you come then? Think about that. Sure, cool. I've met Low Cash. <laughs> yeah. See, saw them. So now you're coming. I've seen them. I've talked to them twice in my life. Uh, no, I'm probably still not coming though. What's that? Can mm-hmm. you can you book Low Cash? Easily, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen them at the fair, the Jacksonville fair, All and right. I've seen them at the Army Navy game when there were about 20 people present. I was the only one who knew their music. Have you ever heard of the Christmas song? Their Christmas song, uh, probably when you played it. They have a Christmas. <laughs> and I told you I hate. They have a Christmas Christ- song. I hate hey, country Christmas. They have song. a Christmas song. It's called "It's Christmas Time." How do you know? Because it's cold outside. You know what that is? God <laughs> dang really? songwriting. Wow. That's what it, that? I'm not, isn't that what it says? I don't know. How do you I know? Because it's cold to outside. Christmas music. Okay. I love Chris. I mean, I love country music and I love Christmas music at certain times. Right. It's called close to Christmas, not in Thanksgiving. Okay. Before Thanksgiving, but I do not love country Christmas okay. music. All right. Well, you said you'd come if it, you, you said you're still not coming even if Locash. Well, I might open. come to Locash and then leave. <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> uh, I've done that before. Have you all ever done that? Gone to a concert no. for the opening act and no. you didn't care about the no. main act? No, no. I haven't, I haven't done that. That's my, that's my alternative rock band. But but speaking of my band, mm-hmm. um, so Jake Paul, I, I really did find, joking aside, I found this story interesting. Jake Paul, you know, everyone knows he's the, he's the YouTuber that now boxes. He has signed a deal with USA Boxing. Have you seen this story? Mm-hmm. He signed a deal with USA Boxing to kind of teach the boxers how to brand themselves. That's great. Now, he's a boxer, I, and I, don't, I couldn't figure out if he's actually going to be in the Olympics or not. But, but I mean, I'm one. But it, and I don't care about the the Jake Paul. But it got me thinking: Is that a thing? Should young guys know? Should young guys and girls, young athletes, know how to brand themselves? I mean, is that or do they already know? Because they're already good on social. You, well, I, mean, I think that's I, what I, nil that colleges well, and universities were bringing in people to try and help. Yeah, athletes work through the nil that, because it's it. branding. That's part of it. Mo- but mostly nil is to get them cash. The, 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 the is to keep them there. But that's what branding is. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. But I mean, should should is that a thing? Would you want that to be a thing if you your your high school kid was a quarterback? I'm, I'm serious about that. Is that do they need to learn how to brand themselves, or is that too non-team? I don't think that makes you more of an individual. Yeah, I don't think as a coach, I would encourage it or discourage it. I would just as as long as it wasn't affecting the team i would probably just you know ignore it i i think from a you know an advisor's standpoint you would encourage it because of what you're talking about i mean it's it's marketing it's capitalism it's an environment where you can now make money so yeah i i think from that standpoint it makes it makes sense um i i also find it interesting that boxing really needs this uh, and well, that, so, that, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, boxing is a sport. It's the original 
you know, swagger sport, brand yourself sport. I mean, it's more, uh, it's more than just about being a great, you know, pugilist. It's, it's, it's being a charismatic and an engaging and captivating athlete. And so I think in boxing, you almost have to brand yourself or no one's ever going to pay any attention to you. And the sport, the sport is, is the sport has died a slow death. Yeah, I, I think it's a fine line to walk as far as, especially like, let's say, high school. Are your friends, your teammates going to think that you think too much of yourself yeah. if well, you're well, out there branding well, yourself? that's part of it. You're, you're right. You know what? And, and that's, like and I said, that, it's a fine line to walk. Kinda, and that's kind of the question. Yeah. Is, is should, if you brand yourself as a, and, and Hayes, you made the best point of all. Boxing's not a team sport. It's one guy. Right. And boxing's a dying sport. So if this guy that's really good at branding and social and YouTube and digital can teach boxers, maybe, maybe you may have made the best point of all. Maybe that's what this is about: is bringing back a sport that nobody cares about anymore. Maybe that, and, and in that regard. But what about? I mean, should a golfer know how to brand themselves? I mean, is it? Yes, because they can get more money if and, they. And do that's it an right. indi- so maybe it should be individual sport. This maybe there should be a training class for individual sports athletes. Yeah, and and I would imagine that again, it, it seems like the kids in, in this generation that are between, you know, the age of 15 and, and 25, it seems like they're very comfortable in that world anyway, for the most part, if, if they have an interest in being engaged in it. So, I mean, obviously classes, education, that's always a positive thing, but it, it seems like beyond the social media aspect of it, you know, I don't really know how you go about it, but it seems like in this day and age, you have all the technology you would need if you want to put yourself out there then it, it you know between every all the entities that you have in terms of social media it would seem like if there's if you have the will to do it there's certainly going to be the way and branding i think can be bigger than just social media too i mean companies pay agencies lots of money to help them brand right and, and get it all correct and so i think yeah it can be something i think that would be good for everyone i think it would have been good for me to take a class in at Florida in college for marketing, just specifically in branding, not necessarily branding myself, right. but branding a company. Well, you know, well, you're right, and that that is part of the marketing thing. But honestly, when I was in college, and even when y'all were in college, it wasn't a thing. I mean, branding was always a thing. Sure, but self, but but self brand. You know, my brand. Mm-hmm. Players weren't worried about. No one's walking around worried about their brand when I was in college, or even when you guys were. That wasn't a thing. When did that become a thing? Last 10 years? Yeah, I would say. Probably the yeah. last 10 years, it's become a thing. Here's my brand. Yeah, so anyway. Your I, brand, by the way, is how good is that? Yeah, it's rolled into that, I guess. Hasn't but it? that's the latest of that's, your brand. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, not, that's the only brand. I don't have much of a brand. But, I, but, I, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what people recognize. But, I mean, I think branding, my reckon, my, my, Lauren, I think what branding really is is here's how I look. Here's what my, here's what uniform number I wear. You know what I mean? Here's, here's. I mean, here's here's how I wear my sweatbands, or don't you think that's ball yeah? And it's interesting because again, I'm 47, so when I was in high school, like the big thing in pop culture was sort of don't seek out fame. Fame's bad. I mean, that was like the sort of the Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, yeah. You know, the grunge movement right. was, you know, hey, we're not trying to be famous. We do this because we're artists, and you know, we're not interested in the trappings of fame. So it's it's interesting, and again, it just speaks to how old I am. Um, that uh, you know, that that's ancient history now. I mean, that's that's a one eighty thought process from the you know young people in, that are making 
you know, art today. Right. Like, for instance, I don't follow many athletes on social media, right? That's just how I operate. I follow more people that break news, things like that. But RJ, I'm going to guess you're certainly much younger than the three of us. I'm going to guess that you follow a lot of athletes on social media. Uh, there was a few, you know, that like I used to follow just, you know, a couple of my favorite players. Yeah. 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 But I think that's I. I yeah. think that, I don't. I follow no players. I play. I follow no players on social media. And that's the thing. I think in today's day and age, if you're a fan of a team, yeah. let's let's just take for instance, you know, Hayes' son. If he loves the Saints, and he had Instagram, he probably follows the majority. If, right. Again, I agree. If, I agree. That's just how I think of it. But it goes back, Lauren, to the point you made a minute ago, and the, the the whole point of this topic is the old coaching phrase is the name on the front of your jersey means way more than the name on the back. That that that's that's the cliche, and 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 by the way, I'm old enough to believe that, you know. I, I and I and I, but I wonder if this branding thing is all about making sure people know the name on the back of the jersey. I guess that's that's well, really the point. Who's the most famous athlete right now that's playing? Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think. Yeah, he's right there. Yeah. So, how much do you think he cares about branding? Yeah. Well, he doesn't need it. He's, but he's constantly in every yeah, commercial. And, and Same with Travis Kelsey, well, Aaron right, Rodgers. Oh yeah, they're all branded. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. I, but I just, it's, it's, but I don't think they had to go do it themselves. Their their level of play and type of play and success on the field brought in that branding. You know, don't you think? I mean, I don't. Patrick Mahomes isn't branded well because he knew how to brand himself. Patrick Mahomes is well branded because he was freaking great and and electric and fun to and fun to watch. And for that reason, the branding kind of found him. Don't you think? Yes. I think it. he's in a different situation, too. Anytime your parent played a professional sport, yeah. I think you're kind and you're of right. you're grown an, up in that world. We picked an extreme guy, too. Yeah. yeah. And I just, uh, and I, it's just interesting to me, if young athletes are coming through, are they well-served to learn to brand themselves? That's the whole point of the topic. And that, that's what Jake Paul's trying to teach these boxers to do. And I, I'll just be interested to see where that goes in the next, you know, Next, next, next handful of years. We'll see. We'll take a break. When we come back, we got bad news. Well, no, it's not bad news. Nervous news because people are trying to pick off DJ Lagway. Is that, is that the story out there? I think people have been trying to do that, but, of course, with National Signing Day tomorrow, I, they're going to increase their, you, their resources. On three, I like on three. I'm an on three member. But on three has had two or three different, quote, three or three different stories. Texas A&M and who's the other one? USC. USC are, are making a late push for DJ Lagway. Is that a clicks play? You know what I mean? Because don't teams always make a late push for well, guys? That's the Aren't thing. the late push – isn't that a standard operating well, thing? I would also assume we're in a dead period. That I, I mean, they normally yeah, – right 48 before. hours before signing yeah. day, you're not allowed to really talk to them anymore. Yeah, so, you know, to make a, quote, late push, right. you know, what is that – you know, now obviously you could talk to, you know, parents and things like that and have indirect contact, but – I, you know, USC makes some sense because they just had uh, a very talented player go into the portal, Nelson, that was, uh, you know, the number one quarterback last year, and obviously they're losing Caleb Williams. So maybe USC's last minute, you know, approach to it is you know, our our depth chart isn't nearly what it was, and you can play here immediately at Florida. You're probably not going to play at least start immediately. A&M would be really puzzling. That would almost be if, if Lagway just has decided it's too far from home because he can't know Mike Elko at all. I mean, Duke wasn't recruiting Lagway. He was never going to Duke. So it, for Lagway to switch to A&M would basically be switching without really having any relationship with the head coach, where obviously he's had hours and hours and hours of time 
with Billy Napier. So the only way that would make some sense is if Lagway at the eleventh hour just said, you know what, I just it's too far. Yeah, I I can't go. So I mean, the USC one I would put more stock in because from a football standpoint, that I mean that makes more sense. The A and M only would make sense, I would say, in more of a of a life you know life living standpoint we'll take a break when we come back we'll talk about lagway recruiting and, uh, and a whole lot more stay with us the frangie show live from the hastings injury law firm studios on 1010xl hit back with hastings it's a nimnik tuesday on the frangie show nimnik your friends in the car business since 1941 it is a nimnik tuesday here on this chilly tuesday All right, so tomorrow is early National Signing Day. Hayes, will you wake up without needing coffee because you're so excited to see what the Gators will do? No, because it's more of a tepid panic <laughs> about what the day could bring. More so than you might it is. wake up in the middle of the night panicked. I, I honestly <laughs> think I'm just going to block it out okay. and we'll you know, kind of look at it Twitter every so often to see, you know, how it's going and things like that. But it's, it's, it's not an enviable position to be in for the Gators because you're not really in position to have any sort of strong close, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, that's what always gets you fired up as a fan is when you've got the opportunity, you're in on four or five really blue chip players Mm -hmm. and you feel good about maybe landing two of those guys. Uh, you know, then then signing day becomes a lot of fun when you're in this position where, you know, your football team is basically a disgrace and you're, you know, trying to just hold on to the prospects that, for whatever reason, believe in this staff. Um, it's, you know, it's more just you're just waiting on the next bad thing to happen. So how so, do you feel about the staff and where they are? I mean, I mean, I think they're struggling right now. I think okay. it's a struggle. Okay, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. I couldn't get a read. Well, I mean, they've lost five straight. Yeah. You know, they haven't won a game since they went to Columbia, South Carolina, which feels came, like five like, years ago. And came back to win. And yeah, it needed a ricochet <laughs> miracle. So, <laughs> that's funny. as of now, what is your gut on Lagway? Is DJ Lagway a Gator co- Lagway's coming. I think he'll be a Gator. Yeah, and, and, okay. I, and I think that was the point, Lauren, when I, when I said, look, I understand if you're if you're these websites you're in the you're in the clicks business. I I get it. You're you're trying to make money. Right. I, but it I is ne- the dead I, period. I, I never <laughs> fault anybody for for people say you're just doing clickbait. Well, you're that's how you survive. You're in the click right. You're in the clicks yeah. business. We're, they're, they're, and I don't know the digital world very well, but you're trying to get clicks. I get it. So I but I think this whole Texas A&M is making a late push. USC is making a late push. I think and I but and by the way, I think they're going to get a boatload of clicks from it. Because everybody wants to see if there's anything really in there, the uh, and, and this is not a criticism, and I don't mean it that way, but a lot of the team, the the, the college team web, see the see the Jaguars.com, and and I think the other pro teams, mm-hmm. and probably probably the the one that Florida puts out, and the one that FSU puts out, they're like real journalistic stuff. I mean, they hired John Osier and Chris Harry and real real writers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, legitimate like real. Credible, very good, talented sports writers. I'm just telling you two that I know. I know that some of the Pittsburgh sites hired some of the best writers at the newspapers there. So I'm sure you know what I mean. I think everybody does it. Um, I think some of these on threes and the 24 sevens, what those they're, they're they're not they're not they don't call it an aggregation site, but it's kind of what it is. 
I think those guys will write something. The headline will go, um, inside information on Lagway. Well, everybody's clicking, right? And then they want you to subscribe. Yeah, yeah, That's right, their right, end goal. Right. But even if you're already there, everybody's clicking. And then what it says is, we've heard that uh, he's thinking about USC. Um, uh, he had a talk a week or two ago with uh, A&M, Elko, but he's staying at Florida. Well, it's probably stuff we've all known. It's probably no news, but we're all again. I, I did a nine hundred number to do. I mean, you, you know what I mean. Sure. So yeah. I think that I, I don't think I don't think DJ Lagway is going anywhere. I think he's the one. I think he's the most. So, now look, I'll say that, and he'll be at A and M tomorrow. But Hayes, I think he's the most solid of all of them. I think he's been the Pied Piper. He's been to Gainesville a bunch of times. He's the one guy I'm totally confident is going to be uh, going to sign with Florida. Yeah, I I would. I actually think in the way college football is set up now benefits Florida when it comes to DJ Lagway because Lagway obviously feels a connection to Billy Napier. He committed to him very early to your point. He's visited on his own dime Florida five or six times this fall. Uh, So he obviously is very connected to Billy Napier and he could look at it and say, look, I want to give him a chance. I, I, I really like him. My family likes him. Obviously, the school's great, and the tradition of the program's great. They just are awful right now. Um, and so I, Lagway may, may look at it and say, all right, this may not work, but I'll go for a year. I want to see it. I believe in him. But if it doesn't work, I know that I can go into the portal after my first year if he gets fired and go somewhere else. So there's no penalty for DJ Lagway. Uh, and, and he's not going to get stuck in Gainesville if it doesn't work out for Billy Napier. Now, Billy Napier can't tell him any of this because you could never pitch, hey, you're going to be fine after I'm fired. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, pitch that as, as part of your recruiting. You, you wouldn't know. pitch that? I, I, it, I would advise him not to. You wouldn't, to, okay. But I would think I, that – Do anything that works. I would think Lagway's, you know, family is looking at it and saying, okay, yes, it, they had a tough year. They're 5-7. and seven. He looks like, you know, he's 11 and 14 as the coach there. Uh, they show they're, they're probably worse now than they were when he arrived. Uh, you know, but if you like him and this is the offense for you and you're definitely going to, I mean, look, if it works, he's going to be the starter as a sophomore. There's like no doubt about it. I mean, assuming he doesn't beat out Graham Mertz, uh, worst case scenario is DJ Lagway starts for Florida as a true sophomore, which would give him two years of starting experience before he is eligible for the NFL draft. So, you know, I think in this instance, maybe it, it it's a help for Florida in the sense that it's not like if he signs with Florida and Napier gets fired, well, he's stuck there, he transfers, he has to sit out, he's blocked from going to other schools. Like if A&M was on his list, you know, maybe in, in five years ago they might have been blocked because it would have been within the conference. Well, that doesn't exist now, so – yeah, I, I think he's going to sign with Florida because it's not as restrictive if uh, if you sign somewhere and decide after your first year, hey, things have changed and it's not what I thought it would be and I want to go somewhere else. If Lagway doesn't commit to Florida, something tells me that it's because Mertz decided to return and he wants um, believes because every quarterback believes they should start right away. And that, that makes me a little nervous uh, just because of the fact that we've seen that happen with Dylan Rayola Carson back. I think, Lauren, I think if he – I think he's going to sign with Florida. I think so. If, if he didn't, that would be part of it. But anybody that bails on Florida now, other than if they just got paid more money, is bailing because they're afraid the coach won't be there. If anybody bails, 
that that's that's the why is, is the staff that recruited you wouldn't be there. That's why I've said it all along for the Gators. This has got to be the, the this is this part of the journey that started in January. It's this is it for not only for Billy Napier's career, but, but tr- trust me on this. If they fire him, it's a lot of years before you're back. It, you'll be back faster with him than if you fire him. I can tell you that the because. Uh, if, you, if he's the wrong coach and you fire him, everyone gets excited because they knew how – believe me. You're going to – you talk about in, in the portal era, the last – the hardest thing with a new coach now in the portal era is everybody bails. And that's why it takes two or three years. Now, if you happen to be a good portal guy that gets the job and you're good at bringing him in, so uh, the last thing you need is a fired coach now. So so this is a big part of the journey, and tomorrow's a gigantic – the most important things we talked about at Hayes is the portal. But that's not one day. They've, they're trickling in. There's three now – what is our guess? 10, 8 to 10 portal guys? I mean, probably by the time you get to May, yeah. it'll be 8 right. or – like we talked about. You've the, had the, to run off some guys and guys Yeah, there's some guys that I think are still on the roster that need to graduate before they can move on. And which then is, Will. And then Will. So I think it might cap the number in January right. to, some, to some extent. Uh, and then they'll have some guys open up. But, again, that the worry there is – is that second wave of the portal going to be overly attractive? Yeah. And it may not be. Yeah, so so we'll see. All right, um, Hamilton Hills, what's coming up? What are you doing? Anything fun? Y'all bringing the heat or no? Uh, always bring the heat uh, because, obviously, it's cold outside. And, yeah, we'll break down the Jaguars' loss to the Ravens and look ahead to the game against the Bucks, like we normally do, pick our impact players and all that fun stuff. I'm also going to ask the ladies their favorite, and JJ, their favorite holiday tradition. You can eat one of those donuts over there or no? I am not going to eat one of those donuts. Have you ever had donuts? As you know, you I had once ate 11 donuts <laughs> in about a two-hour period, and I've never again had a donut. It's one of my favorite all-time Lauren Brooks stories. Thirty years ago, by the well, way. Thirty well, years ago. And, and again, the poor brother took the beating on this one too. <laughs> she, the, she was disappointed because she, when she tried to suffocate him, he didn't die. <laughs> so later, oh my goodness, she's after a soccer game. No, tell me this truth. You're after a soccer game. Your mom brings donuts. So I, my mom. You didn't want your brother me, having one of your donuts. My mom promised I, me if I scored, like I think it was like three goals, right? and I played defense, yeah. so she never expected right, to right. have to do this. But I scored three goals because we were playing a terrible team, and I got. To, I asked the coach to put me on offense because you did. wanted the dang donuts. And I get that. Heck yeah, I wanted the donuts, and so I ate eight of them. My mom asked if she could have one. That meant there were three donuts remaining, and this was in a mor- on a morning. So you ate eight. I ate eight. My mom said, "Can I have eight, one?" How old were you? I was eleven years you old. It was eight thirty donuts. years ago. Eight, eight donuts, donuts okay. and all different kinds. And then my mom said, "Can and I have you one?" Those cream filled. The little oh yeah, one of yeah, multiple were cream filled. And then I was like, "Fine, you can have one," because I was a brat. And then we were going to pick my brother up from his spending oh, so the night at a friend's house. One. I allowed her one. Okay. My brother had stayed the night at a friend's house, so we were going to pick him up. And I realized when we pulled in the driveway that he was going to get in the minivan. And see that there is a box a phenomenal with story. three donuts, and he was going to get them. And I then scarfed down, even though I had just what, eaten uh, Can eight, you believe that? Hey, she, I scarfed she, down three more donuts. Just so your brother would, you weren't even hungry. You just didn't want your brother to have them. That's correct, because we fought about food all growing I up. Mean, uh, yeah, and by the way, did you taunt him? And when the fact that they were all gone. Well, then he saw an empty donut box. Yeah. That, that was the joy for you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, box. that's right. I ate a dozen donuts except mom had one. And the, br- and the, br- and the brother didn't get. And he didn't get any. And yeah, he used to steal my snacks. Okay. So he was just, he did just fine. And by the way, your mom only had one. Yeah. That's why she's still thin and fit. That's right. She's skinny. And that's she's right. the inspiration for. For us my, all. For, and, and for my alternative rock band, Hayes, it's called Too Fat for Carrot Cake. <laughs> 
Okay, so so it all comes together. But it does. I love the donut story. I, I just want to see the kids, the expression when he opened the box and nothing was there. That, I, I would that would have been. I wish that was back by yeah. then. You had all kind of video stuff, right? I mean, Mike Brooks sh- should have videoed you had that. Giant camcorders yeah, that only yeah. came out at. I Christmas just would like time. to see the look on the kids' face. Of course, he went to the Marines. He, what I mean, he, I mean, he had no life left. All he had to do, <laughs> he was trying to save himself from 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 everything else in life. By the way, Friday night Hayes, I won money at Bunko. All right. I didn't win the whole thing. Someone else did, but I did win twenty dollars. That's a great start. Yeah. <laughs> You'll win the whole thing next time. Hopefully. Uh, Denny Thompson joins us after this. this is quarterback whisperer, stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. You understand what we're building here, then? You understand what we're building here? Quarterback whisper? Careless whisper? Uh, I do. I you understand what yeah, we're building here? I, 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 I do. It just doesn't seem to be on brand let, for me. Let, but. let me just let me just say this. <laughs> I, I, do you understand what we're building I, here? I, I, let me just say this, RJ, and I and, and I, I am a guy that keeps a secret, and I don't. I ne- Hayes, I never do this. I never bust anybody. Okay. I promise, because Denny's one of my really good friends. I promised him I'd never tell anybody about the Wham posters. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean right. I, I said I would never right. say anything. Okay, right. but now now the okay that's yeah. out of the bag. I, I right in the bedroom, right yeah. in the corner of the bedroom. You know the Wham. Does uh, does too fat for carrot cake do a cover of <laughs> Careless Whisper? <laughs> It Listen, is. man, I, I, mean, I already don't like quarterback whisperer enough, and then you throw me that? Let me just tell you what. I mean, Frank almost got up in a slow dance with me. <laughs> that was tremendous. Um, and, yes, by the way, my new alternative rock band, Too Fat for Carrot Cake, will open with Careless Whisper. You know well done, RJ. <laughs> you know I've got a new band? Mm-mm. Too fat for carrot cake. Too fat for carrot cake. Lauren told me I was too fat to eat carrot cake. Well, that's not nice. Well, so, so it's my new band. <laughs> that's now. not nice at all. <laughs> she said, "Tell me, I was too fat to eat carrot cake." So now it's my new band. It's too fat for carrot cake. I love. It's a great band, name. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, the shirt. I'll buy the shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I won't hey, listen well, hey, to the music. We'll go yeah, through, right. the shirt. You got to go through Hayes. I mean, okay. Hayes, Hayes has all the merch. We'll get you it. a good deal. And he's in the you've been so kind. You've given us. What, you get, <laughs> we're going to give you free. So every, any, you get. It's all free for Dennis. Just want the hoodie. Awesome. Carson Beck's going back. I think we all knew he was going to. Take me through the process. How does it work? Um, how close was he to not? Uh, g- g- give me all you can give me. On yeah, that. I will. I, I will. Um, early on, like, I think he was – there was a real decision. But, but honestly, like, I, I, I think the last few weeks of the season, it was going to – I don't know how he could have left. He just – he got into a groove. He loves it up there. He's been there for four years, and it's kind of like the bowl game. It's like somebody asked me a couple weeks ago about the bowl game. It's like that was never even a conversation. He just wants to get on the field. He just wants to play. He just wants to win. And then that Alabama game, y'all just ripped him apart. And so I I think he already knew he wanted to, and then that Alabama game happened, and then it was just talking to him. You got the sense of this is 90% that he wants to go back. But he had in the back of his head – He's always been told, man, first round, you got to go, got to go, got to right. go. He's a first rounder. There's no doubt. Yeah, he's a first rounder. No um, I, but- I can tell you this. I, I, I know him to say hello. I know his family a little bit. I'm not close to him like you, so I'm very objective in this. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. 
Yeah. He's a first rounder. Yeah, yeah. And so I think at some point this, he this just. This year. This year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. At some point, I think he just had to go, you know, what's best for me? And we talked about this. It's going back. And, uh, and, and so, you know, of course, Georgia was great in the whole process. And, and, um, and once he made that decision, I mean, it all got done fairly quickly. What will be the, the things that you and Carson will work on in the offseason after the Orange Bowl? Yeah, so the big thing that we said was we're going to treat this like he's a pro, right, from this point forward. He's got minimal classes left to graduate, right, so that's a bonus. Um, he's now seen the game through a whole season. He's got command of the offense, and so now we can watch film and go, okay, here's some throws that we need to work on, but more than anything, we're just going to work on your body structure, your rotational ability. Georgia's staff is – I mean, their they're strength staff's elite. We all know that. So they're going to do their job. But we're going to kind of treat this like a extended version of motion capture. Let's get everything perfect because we, make no mistake, like we, we want to be the number one pick, right? So yeah, we want to, Natty's the the goal, like that's the ultimate goal. But in the meantime, we want to get better as a quarterback. And there's a couple things that I feel like he can do pretty good mechanically, but a couple deep ball things that maybe we can work on a little bit, and then maybe just try to find a little more comfortable area on certain some throws with his arm. Um, but outside of that, man, he's pretty easy at this point. He is – the last couple of years have been amazing working with him. I mean, he he's the kind of guy that just dials in and he knows the why behind every mechanics. And so I don't have to worry about him leaving and then it messing up because he, he kind of self-fixes it. Hey, Danny, what – and not just with Carson, but guys in general, you could, this is a generic question, and I don't know what the percentage is, but – I was going to say what percentage. That's a dumb question. But I, I think a high percentage of players that would have come out, no questions asked, can stay in now because of the NIL. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that isn't that? Yeah, a, it, ta- I mean, it carves some of the that, risk away. If there was no if there was no NIL, none. Mm-hmm. Carson comes out. I mean, I think you have to. Right. He don't want to. Yeah. yeah. But you, I think you have to. So so it's real. So in that dynamic. It's kept a lot of really. I mean, he's a really. He may win the Heisman Trophy right. next year. Almost probably was knocking on the door this year. So it kept a real a lot of really good players in college. Right? I I completely agree. I think it's just like I said. It carves or shaves away some of the risk. Make no mistake about this. There's way more money if he leaves. No question. It, a and lot we all more know that, money, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're taking risk, and these insurance policies yeah. aren't what everybody yeah. makes them out to be either. Right, so so you're taking a risk going back, but you know Carson said it best. He's like, I, I am not going to let the fear of injury dictate what I do with my life. It's just not going to happen. All right, hey, hey, you're good at this. What would Hayes if he'd have been drafted 18th overall? I think it might have been higher, but for the sake of yeah. the conversation, if he'd drafted 18th overall, what was the bonus? What would the bonus be? Top Great your, question. Top, uh, top of your head. Seven, eight million. Okay, so say let's say eight million. Okay, and what's in the, the total? The total rookie contract. Oof. Um, twenty-four. Yeah. Okay, so so, yeah. so 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 twenty 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 million with an eight million bonus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you come back in, I don't know what he got, but Matt Rule is probably right. It's a million, million and a half, something like that, right? So so two million, whatever. It's it's ten percent of if he comes out. And I'm gonna oh, pay it, off yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but, no, but it, it's a tiny percentage yeah. to your point. Yeah, 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 of what he makes if he if he comes out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's there's definitely a risk there, but I think the other thing too is. You can, and we talked about it, you can frame this thing up either way, right? Like if injury's the only downside right now, that's right. that's it. Because next year the cap goes way up right. and you're drafted higher, right? So you can easily frame this thing up to say, hey, man, if, if you do what you're supposed to do and you're top five and the cap goes up $60 million, which is anticipated to do per team, then whatever you made this year, you're also going to make an additional $20 million next year. Right. 
So then it starts to financially make sense. But you have to keep the main thing the main thing. You, you have to keep it about development, quarterback play, and performance. And if you do all that, you, you're going to make a lot of money anyway. Yeah, so looking at it, Kenny Pickett is a four-year, $14 million deal, and he was taken back half of the first round uh, the year he came out oh, wow. a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then just to give you an idea, so about three and a half, three point seven five a year. Um, Bryce Young, four years, thirty eight million dollars. First overall pick. First overall pick. Yeah, so that, there's your, a, y'all's number is close. And yeah. and, and yeah. I would say, million. yeah, and I and I would say that the uh, the perception will be that he is going to be the leader in the clubhouse when you start seeing the twenty twenty five mock drafts that will come out the day after the twenty four first round yeah. is over. Anybody that, that has your eye in terms of other players that will be in the 25 class that you think are going to be his prime competition for that coveted number one spot? I, I mean, I'm assuming Quinn. Okay. Viewers. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I would assume that would be uh, one. I don't know what like Pratt and all those guys are doing as far as the portal. But Pratt wouldn't be the number one picker. I, I don't back. think so. But I, I, right. I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, am, I, I haven't even thought beyond. Right. You know, for us, it's well, pretty simple. You got a game to play. Like they they play FSU right, and the reality is we need to play well. Like Carson, you need to play really well, and that's then right. if you're going to play, play well. You you got to play well. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, point. and so they're they're prepping for a game, and so it's good to get all this out of the way. And then at that point, I think we'll sit down, and give them a couple weeks, and then sit down and get a plan together. Right. Does Georgia have a lot of opt outs? Do you know? I don't they have know. Any? I I don't because Florida State has a ton. They got a ton. I, I I don't know if Georgia does or not. All right, I'm going to pull up before we go to break. I'm going to pull up this year's. Uh, quarterback quarterback draft listing that the one group had expected, or, or the the order one group. Caleb Williams, one. Drake May, two, of course. And, and some people say that. All, but I think that's the consensus. Yeah. Caleb yeah. Williams, one. Drake May, two. Jaden Daniels, third. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix, fourth. I think Carson Beck's going to be a better pro than both of them. Yeah, I, my opinion, I think if he would have come out, he would have challenged for that two-three spot. Maybe even the two spot. I, I think so. I, I just know what he's got between the years, yeah, and yeah. when he goes through that interview process, it's it's yeah, not going to hurt. It's going to help. Yeah, I, I just I just think that he's going to be a better pro than a lot of these guys. Man, this is uh, Nick's is five. I actually think Bo Nix would be a good pro. Nick, Nick. I, I, I said that yesterday. I, yeah. I am. That's the one this year that intrigues me because yeah, he is going. Be good, he's he's got a ton of film. He's yeah. going to rip up the combine. He's athletic. Yeah, I, th- I think he's. And, and, Penix is athletic. But he, he Penix is like Tua. It's kind of a pushy throwing motion. I think Nix has that big, that that, mm-hmm. that free and easy motion, kind of like Carson. Those guys do. Uh, JJ McCarthy, I don't think is going to be a very good pro. Michael Pratt, haven't seen enough of him. He's the eighth guy. Spencer Rattler, you think Spencer Rattler will be a good pro? No, I don't either. And Jordan Jordan Travis is tenth. So yeah, I, I, it's it, 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 it's we talk about what a deep class it is, but in terms of guys that are going to be really good. There's not a lot, and I think Kate, and I think Carson Beck's gonna be a really good pro. Well, I look at like just our draft prep. I mean, yeah. what we thought we would have, a lot of those guys have gone back because of NIL. Is yeah. I was gonna ask is would Cam Ward if he doesn't enter this draft, would he be top pick material potentially with a big year? One he's more big year very highly thought of. I I don't know what his ceiling, and I don't know if he's made a decision on what he's doing this year. But I I would think if he were to go back, he would be considered like a late first round type guy. I he's for this class. If he goes back, to, oh, if he to, goes back to school. yeah, yeah. I think okay. if he comes out, I I, I don't know, maybe, okay. maybe second, third, oh, okay, like somewhere around there. I would think, but he, I mean, he's a very talented kid, and he's gonna. I mean, people are gonna fall in love with him athletically too. So I. 
like Frank said, I mean, this NIL thing just lets you have an option. It gives you a choice. Um, gives you a little bit of room to breathe, which is nice. We'll take a break. Jags may have to play C.J. Beathard. They may have uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we'll ask Danny what that means. And I also want you to talk about Baker Mayfield, who, who they play against, who was red hot a week ago. We'll talk some more quarterbacks with Danny. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik. Your friends in the car business since 1941. Frank Frangie Hayes, Carline, RJ Saunders, Denny Thompson with you talking quarterbacks. Um, so CJ Beathard, I'm hoping we're all hoping Trevor can play, and he's in the concussion protocol, and hope we hope he clears it and is able to play against the Bucks on Sunday. But assuming he's not, CJ Beathard will play. What to expect? Tell me about CJ. I know you know him. What to expect? Uh, what to expect from a game plan? Take us through that in the event that's what happens. I don't think they change much game plan. Probably take a little bit of the quarterback run away. Right. I, obviously, that's yeah. probably going away. But they're not much of an RPO team anyway. Um, here no, there, I mean, right? they do a little RPO stuff in the pass game. You know, kind of yeah. give you're, or pass, but right. not a whole lot of like zone traditional zone read Good stuff. Point. Good point. So they can still do that with him. He's a very smart guy. He's a very smart player. He's been around the league. He knows the system. Obviously, Trevor loves him. The Jags love him, or he wouldn't be there. Arm wise, plenty. Okay. Absolute plenty. Like I mean, he's Yeah, Doug kinda said that too. Yeah, he rips the ball. Yeah. And he's very uh he he knows how to throw, and I know that sounds silly, but it does maybe doesn't look like other people, but he has done the research and understands how his body throws the ball the best way. We've had him on motion capture and been blown away by his numbers. I've never seen a guy in my life in, in forty years of being in the media and and 17 years of play-by-play and 10 years Jags play-by-play who warms up as much during a game as C.J. Beathard. Really? You, you, do, you, do you ever notice that? Mm. He plays catch the whole time. Yeah, he came the, I mean, the, the first whole, time. The whole time the defense on field he's playing, he, he's warming. So I just kept thinking, the first time I saw it, I thought, he must be going in. Yeah. And then I realized. I mean, he's just throwing. He, I mean, he throws the whole, he throws, he's on the sideline throwing when the defense is out there almost all the time. Hey, he's one of my least favorite people to catch. Like, right? He just he is rips it? the ball. I mean, yeah, I heard he's got. I heard don't of all the things he may not have, arm strength isn't a problem. No, yeah. no, no, no. And he can. And the, his talent is really kind of. I'm not comparing those, but what we said about C.J. Stroud about how he doesn't need his front half to get to the throw right. to make the throw. That's C.J. Like if you watch C.J., he just kind of plants his front foot in the ground, and then he is able to almost like an owl just rotate to any part of the field that he wants to get to, and then he's got plenty of arm to get it there. So I mean, obviously he's not Trevor. Um, but I don't think they're going to have to throw the game plan out. He's really good on schedule. He's really good with the timing of it. So, you know, hopefully they get that part fixed offensively so that he can do what he's strong at. What was the concerning aspect of Trevor's performance against the Ravens? Well, obviously, the, the glaring one was, was the fumble, obviously. And then the, the thing before halftime just can't. It just can't. You can't do that. And and that's – to me, that kind of stuff right there is is – there's two ways to look at it. You can go, well, he's never going to make that mistake again. Uh, so that's good. Or you just go, like, dude, well, how did we let any either of these happen? Like, in, in that situation, I just don't think he took the game over. Like, if, you're a, if you are a top-five quarterback and you're playing on Sunday night at home against Lamar Jackson and you have an opportunity, which he did, to take a game over, like, I need to see you rise to that. And that didn't happen. And to me, as big of a fan as I am of Trevor's, like that's a little concerning. I, I, I thought he was a little further along than what 
he may be with this. I, I just – Mahomes takes that over. Like, he absolutely takes that game over. Josh Allen takes that game over. If they lose, it's not because of the offense. I just didn't see 16 do that. Here's my, my take on Travis. I think I'm going to defend him in this regard. He's playing without as much around him as he should have. No I don't doubt. think the offensive line's playing very well. He's lost Kirk, who I think is so important. Uh, so, so I think it's harder, in my opinion, it's harder to take a game over. Uh, so I, I'll give him a pass on that. I think he's done a really good job given the limited uh, people around him. What concerns me a little bit is the football instincts. Obviously, when you're running the ball, he's not going to make the first down. So rather than switching hands and trying to make one extra yard, get on the ground and kick the field goal. And, and I think it's an, and like he's a smart guy. It's easy for me to say it. I'm in the broadcast booth. He's got to do it on the field. But he's, he should know, and he'll tell you that, that you can't throw a pass in the field to play from the five-yard line when you're out of timeouts and running out. Of and that's what I mean. Yeah. That, that's what I mean by taking over. It's, there were also two drives in the first half that ended in missed field goals right. in a very windy situation that they didn't have to be 50-yard field goals. Yeah, I hear you. It could have been 35-yard field goals. And it's all different then. whole different ball game. Right, and so I'm not saying like he's got to make this because I thought he threw the ball pretty well. I, right. I, I didn't think there was an issue there. Um, I'm just saying like those basic, like I, I'm not going to lose this game. I'm going. We're going to control the outcome of this. He knows that, and and listen, this guy is a top five quarterback. There is nothing wrong with Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville. There's not like he is your future. We're going to do well. We're going to win a lot of games with him. It's just in a little bit of a funk at a time that you can't be in. So now you just got to pull yourself out of it. What does stand out about Baker Mayfield? Confidence right now. The dude's ripping it. He is absolutely ripping the ball right now. And Mike Evans is, you know, Mike Evans. But but Baker seems in control. And nobody's ever questioned Baker's talent. Um, he's got a big arm. I think they've always just questioned kind of, hey, are you going to put the ball where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there? And he seems to be doing that. And I also think Tampa has done a better job with him of allowing more, um, I guess, bigger routes to develop. Right, scheming those things in a little bit when you watch him. I, I like Baker from a passing standpoint. Like from just throwing the ball, I watch a lot of Baker film. I think he's he's extremely talented with that. But if you want to get at him, like I think if you apply a little bit of pressure, he holds the ball. Yeah, like you you, you can turn that around pretty quickly. I think he's easily that guy that can have a three forty game, and then the next week he can have a two ten game. He's try. I was I was wrong about him. I thought he would be the next Drew Brees. I thought when he came out, he that's who I thought he was gonna be great. great. Did you really? I thought he was really gonna be good. I and other people didn't. I was just off, but I thought he was really gonna be a good player. He because uh, he's he's accurate. He's tough. He seems to be a good leader. He's got a little cockiness. The best leaders, and you know this, Denny, they they have just enough of that brash bravado, but not too much. The mm -hmm. guys respond to him, mm -hmm. you know, and yep. you have a little bit too much. Then they're then they're annoyed by you. Yep. If you don't have any, you can't lead them. So that's a fine line, right? There's a there is a very fine line. It, the reality of this thing is you have to work your butt off, and you have to be very talented to get there. And so you should be proud of yourself for getting there. But it is probably very um, narcissistic of yeah. you to think that you also weren't lucky to get there. Yeah, that's right. And so you also have to be very grateful to be there. And so I I think the guys that have the right combination, like Trevor, has that combination. He's one of the best I've ever seen. Right. The guys that have that, Carson has that. Like the the that's chemistry. Right, their teammates trust them. They do what they're supposed to do. Execution plus trust equals chemistry, right? So it's. I just don't know that Baker has that yet. Is Gardner Minshew going to spoil the party here in Jacksonville? Hey, he's playing good. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot here. <laughs> I, I, 
Yo, I, okay, I'll just – I am jumping up and down in my living room during Colts games. I, I It oh, is so much fun to watch that yeah. team right now. They're just – Well, you've got a lot invested in him too. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, they're it. just fu- – they're they're gritty, man. They're just – you you watch them, and you, the whole time you're going, what? they got a chance to beat win this game. And then they do. And they make the play when they're supposed to make it. They tackle well. They've taken the personality of Gardner on a little bit, and he is having the time of his life doing it. I don't believe that he's necessarily going to be a better, have a better career than Anthony Richardson, but I think he's better for the Colts now than Anthony would have been. Agree or disagree? You really asked me that question, Frank. I mean, yeah. Careless whisper, and then that question. Dang I, it, Frank! I love asking you that question. <laughs> you lo- I mean, both guys, you love both guys. I'm not saying that neither's the dog. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I mean, right I, I, I obviously it's working out. I, I uh, they. They were pretty good with Ant, too. Uh, yeah. I, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask just for a free copy of the yeah. Carrot Cake song, yeah. and we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> By the way, you know what? Well, let me ask you this, because that's an unfear question to the guy that coaches. But who's your favorite kid? Good point. So let, so let, no, it, I, it's I, a fair They're better I, I, with Minshew. So, so, they're better with Minshew. Now, that doesn't mean right. that three years will be now, the case. Yeah, I they're mean, better with Minshew. They're, right. Three years. And that, by they the way, wouldn't be in this position if Richardson was the quarterback, and, and, in my opinion. Yeah, I could be wrong. And by the way, That'd be Again, the he's Gardner's won yeah. almost every game, so it's hard to suggest right. and, they'd be yeah. much better with yeah. Anthony. And, and, I mean, the math and, just isn't and, on and his side. And by the way, other than C.J. Stroud, who just is a freak, that'd be the case with just about any rookie. Right. That's not a shot at Anthony Richardson. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I just – But I hear you. Know, you. If yeah. I'm sitting right after I asked that, Denny's going, how am I going to answer that? <laughs> They're both hey, it was, guys. It, it was going, yeah. Frank. I was yeah. trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And, but the good thing is now we've got another ticket holder for when when Too Fat for Carrot Cake opens. That's what we came out of that. I'm – I'm intrigued by this Jake Browning. I don't know how yeah. much you've watched him since that he beat the Jaguars on Monday night, but I, for a guy that, I mean, really had no fanfare at all, he's playing really well for Cincinnati. Is there, is, is there something that, that you see or no. can pinpoint? And no. I, is he, I, do you get a sense that maybe he's going to get a chance to start somewhere else at some point in time or – is he just kind of caught lightning in a bottle, in your opinion? Well, I mean, he should get a chance, but I don't know that he will just because the teams are always going to fall in love with the rookie, and Jake Browning's not the name name. Those days are – the Rob Johnson days, like that right. Rob Johnson trade that happened back here, I don't think ever happens now, right? Like, yeah. it's just – there's right. too many guys coming out. The really, funny thing about like, Matt Schaub and Matt Castle, right. there haven't been very many examples of No, there of really that. hasn't because the GMs want their guy, right? right? But, But – to your point, I remember when I was sitting in for Frank on one of his vacations, one of his 37 vacations Absolutely. he took in the summer. You do a great job. Uh, <laughs> I remember saying, like, that's almost negligent of Cincinnati to be that good of a team and not have a backup quarterback. Yeah. Especially with Burrow being hurt. But, dang, they knew what they were doing. I mean, this guy can play some ball. And it's not a fluke. Like, the Jags ran into a team with a guy who knew what he was doing, and we just didn't know it at yeah. the time. And he, play, and he played phenomenally well. You're exactly right. All right, Denny Thompson, great work as always. Um, I'm excited for Carson Beck like you are. I'm, exci- I'm excited to see what that's going to bring next year. I, I'm, again, I think he might win the Heisman Trophy, the National Championship, and be the first overall pick. I mean, that's, that's the, those are the goals, and they're not out of the realm of possibility. It's possible. They, they are possible. It is possible. Right. Denny, thanks, buddy. Yes, sir. One segment to go. We've got our Skylife Elite Take Flight Moments coming up. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. Lock, 
End zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Seattle. Smith and Jigba has put the Seahawks on top. What a play. What a play. What a play. Drew Locke left for dead in the NFL. Filling in for Geno Smith. A 28-yard touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba. 20-17. The Seahawks pull it off. That touchdown comes with 28 seconds left in the game. Unbelievable win for Seattle. That gets them to 7-7. They're still out, but they're tied with a couple of 7-7 teams that are in. So Seattle very much in the mix, and Philadelphia now 10-4 and four on the season. Tough loss last night, but an unbelievable catch by JSN. Kind of caught the back half of the football, and uh, in a great drive by Drew Locke, hit a big one to DK Metcalf before the game winner. So uh, just a sensational aerial show uh, late for the Seattle Seahawks. And again, our friends at Sky Life Elite, if you're tired of canceled flights, unruly passengers, and layovers, Sky Life Elite is your answer. Take a private charter flight for your next adventure. Give them a call, 490-9332. You can also go to flyskylife.com and find them on Instagram. How good was that trip over there to see the Sky Life folks? Oh, so much fun. I mean, that we, we got to tour the planes. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. They're sensational. I am so ready. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm so ready to hop in one of those. Absolutely. I mean, I mean goodness. It's, and I'm telling you, folks. Uh, yeah, let me tell you this story too. And I didn't know this. Hayes had talked to our friends, uh, Rogers and Rob over at Skylight, but I had not since we since they they joined us. We got to f- spend some time with them. They said since they've been doing this, their phones are lit up. Yeah, because people are tired of going to the dang airport. Absolutely. I mean, people are t- people when you're go- when you got we got a golf trip when you got a family trip when you got seven or eight of you together. It's crazy not to do it. Right. I mean, I'm I'm serious about that. It's not a sales pitch because they're an advertiser. If you have a if you if if you're one or two by yourself, maybe not. But if you have seven or eight, you're crazy not to do oh, it. Oh yeah. And it's four or five to traveling together. Four or five, a family of five, going taking a ski trip. You're crazy not to do this. Yeah. And so um, so so, and, but they said the word is out. So mm-hmm. we're proud of that because they're hearing it here. Absolutely. But also the fact that it, like I said, if you don't have a good product, it's not going to keep ringing. Right. And so it has. So I'm we're so anyway, Sky Life Elite Charter Air Service. You can't imagine honestly how how affordable it is. And you'll never want to fly commercial again. So, um, Skylight Fleet, we thank our friends from Skylight Fleet. By the way, speaking of that game last night, I thought the post game interview with Drew Locke was fantastic. So good. I thought it Probably was probably the best one in years. Maybe the, in years, man. And he was so emotional. Uh, and he, it, it was really, it was so very good. And I, and he, and he, uh, he was honest. He was up front. He was trying to hold back the emotion. But it had been a long time. It had been a long time. It, it was a moment that he probably wasn't sure he'd ever have again. Yeah. And it was so visceral, Hayes. It was so real when he said, yeah, I'm getting ready to play. I don't know if I am, but I'm thinking, I think I could still do this. But you don't know till you're out there. Well, that's what real people think. Mm-hmm. Macho people say, ah, no problem. I had it all the way. But real people, if you're being honest, anything you do that you haven't done in a long time and you're having to do it at the highest level with everybody watching is hard. And yeah, I mean, it's hard. And, and Lisa Salters did a brilliant job, Great job. of just guiding it because it was, it was evident early on in the interview how emotional he was. And so she just did a great job of facilitating that and kind of, you know, minimalizing her part of it and just kind of keeping Correct. him, you know, in that frame of mind. And it was it was a fantastic interview. Great, great tip for interviewers. The interview's not about you. It's about the interviewee. And she did a wonderful job of, of getting that out of him. I totally agree with you. Um, so we'll see. All right, I'm almost out of time. We'll say hello to the ladies from Helmets and Heels in just a minute. 
Uh, before we do, two big the two big stories today for us. Uh, story number one. Before you do your takeaways, um, let me ask you, um, Trevor Lawrence. Does he play? Does he not play? And we're guessing, by the way, so you can't hold us to any of this. But what are you guessing? I'm guessing he's going to play. Um, I think he'll probably be. I would say doesn't practice tomorrow. Limited Thursday. Limited Friday. Questionable for the game, and then you find out, you know, Sunday morning that. You know, Trevor Lawrence is is cleared and and will play. One thing that helps is it's they're just going to Tampa Bay. Right. You're not going to Seattle or L.A. or I mean, so in terms of you know the the travel as, aspect of a road game, it's about the easiest one you could have. Uh, you know, so I think I think that helps. But yeah, my guess is we'll get word Sunday that that he is going to be active and will start the game. Yeah, and I and I and again. This is he can't tough his way onto the, he's such a tough guy and he really is, uh, but you can't tough your way onto the field on this one. You could ankles, knees, arms. He can say, "Listen, I'm going to play, coach. Coach, you're not keeping me out here. I'm playing." The uh, it's with the concussion. It's an independent um, observer that makes all the decisions at game time, and then an independent doctor says whether you're good to go or not, which is how it should be. Which is how it should be. It protects. It, it, listen, I've always before there was an independent doctor. Team doctors are good. They're sharp. They care. But it's easy, it's easy to get swayed by a player who, who really wants to be out there. I don't think doctors over the years were swayed because, well, they put him out there so the team can win or the coach wants me to put the guy out there. Maybe some of that. I think more recently, Hayes, it's more a matter of you, the player says, I'm dying to play and I'm good to go. And, well, that, doesn't, that that's not in play here. It can't be. Yeah, the good, the, the good silver lining about this injury is that unlike a, a knee or a hamstring or a quad or any or Achilles, anything like that, once it is healed, you're fine. That's there, right. There's That's no, right. you know, it's not like he's going to get into the game and, and, and tweak it because he's running around. Now, obviously you could get hit and, right. you know, something like that. You could just get another concussion. But, um, but in terms of, uh, in terms of the injury, once he's cleared, he's fine. And so I, you know, again, that's, that's certainly my hope um, that he'll be able to play, um, and we'll we'll tomorrow will be a big day, you know, because I, I think you'll be able to pick up, you know, some from what Doug says. I, you know, obviously the big thing is, you know, Trevor usually speaks on Wednesday. Well, if he, you know, if he speaks tomorrow, he's definitely playing. Right, because you're, um, you're right. That's yeah, and so uh, you know, I, I, and I would, you know, and if he doesn't, that doesn't mean he's definitely not. Right, correct. Um, but it means it's more in doubt, and so and, and see what he does in practice. I mean, again, if if he's limited it tomorrow or Thursday, then I think that speaks really, really well for him being active on Sunday because there's there's all these steps, and there, it takes like okay, you go through a step, then they've got to see there's a 24 hour period before you can make sure you're okay. Okay, now we can progress to the next step, and then there's a 24 hour you know waiting period before you can get to the 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 following step and you know so again he doesn't have to make monumental improvement uh by tomorrow he just needs to make incremental progress Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday to be active Sunday RJ let's hit some takeaways now today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years my takeaway is that signing day tomorrow, I think, is going to be a lot of fun for people around here. It'll certainly be a lot of fun for Georgia, who looks like they're going to bring in the number one class yet again. Certainly be a lot of fun for FSU. This will be the best class that the Knowles have signed in quite some time. Great job by Mike Norvell. The Hurricanes have to feel really good about what Mario Cristobal has done on the trail this year. So they're going to 
uh, cap what looks to be an outstanding class. And for the Florida Gators, you're just hoping and praying that a class that ranks 10th right now will actually sign on the dotted line and get to Gainesville around that area. Uh, Florida seems like the one school that could really have a tough day tomorrow. Uh, we'll see, you know, in terms of clothes, who has the the great clothes in the in the local area. Usually one or, or two of these teams, you know, sign the, the, the top guys that are uncommitted. We'll see what tomorrow brings. But National Signing Day, always a lot of fun. All right, let's say hello to Taylor Dahl. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Back from Cleveland? I'm back. How was it? It was good. It, I had never been to Cleveland. Uh, we went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so that was cool. Uh, did Cleveland, you go to the Rock Hall? I did not. We were going to do both because they do have like a hall pass, they call it, to where yeah. if you pay an amount, you get into both. Right. But we were. it was such a short amount of time we were there. Like We landed Saturday morning and had to leave Monday morning, and right. obviously Sunday was the game, so we really only had a day to do stuff. And uh, so time was short, but ne- I, I could say next time. I don't know if I'll ever go back to <laughs> Cleveland, but if I do, I'll go to the the Rock Hall. But you had a good time. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a blast. Aside from the end of the Bears game, but if yeah. you went to the Rock Hall, who would be the yeah, are you, band? Are, are, are you a music person? Or big music? I love music, but I am, and I, but I listen to I listen to such a like ride, wide variety of yeah. music, and a lot of the bands that I personally listen to, and like high school in the beginning of college will not be there because there are a lot of smaller local bands like yeah. from Florida. That was the, the yeah. majority of the music I listened to when I was okay. growing up. Okay. Is that, you, you, we, did you go? I haven't gone. I was going to go, uh, the, not this time, but maybe in 17, and uh, my uh, flight got in a little later. It yeah. closes yeah. like yeah. like it's, you know, it, it closes like 5, five. o'clock. On yeah. a, it's yeah. like, that was you, another what, reason. What are you doing? Yeah, this I, is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should be yeah. open to 4 a.m. Yeah, and, and, and I went in 17. But I'm a music nut. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a crazy music guy. Uh, it's fantastic. Is it? It's it's. It, I mean, you, now we didn't have enough time. Same thing. We got there with with an hour and a half. To, you went four. Yeah. You know, we had about an hour and a half, so you couldn't stay through all the dis- the, the displays or whatnot. Or and and that's how even like the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I could have stayed for probably two more hours and not yeah. seen everything still because it's just it's really cool to go through mm. all of that stuff. And they have the kind of the one where it's, you walk. I don't know if you went in, but you go in and it's like Joe Namath talking. Oh, you're yeah. like in the locker room, and Joe Namath is going through all these like this cool stuff. And I was like, there's so many things that I was like, man, I still want to see this. I haven't seen this. And you're really like, if you're into it, you're reading everything, and you're listening to all the different like little different exhibits they have, and it's really cool. But right. we didn't have that much time. All right, what's coming up tonight? Well, we're going to talk about another Jags loss. Uh, we we pick our kind of our impact players each week, and. We, I do opposing players because last year, every time I would pick a Jags player to be my impact player, they would get hurt. So <clears throat> I was like, well, let's avoid that. And so I'll pick opposing teams players this week, that, this year that we want. Like, I think our impact, but it's kind of like trying to be my reverse jinx. Last three weeks, it has not worked because every player I've picked has just like gone off against the Jags. So I'm like, maybe it's almost time to switch back uh, to what we I was doing last year. But yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll go around the NFL a little bit. There's some crazy things happening. Obviously, a lot of teams in the AFC that are right there battling each other. So we'll go through that a little bit. College football, uh, you were mentioning signing day tomorrow yeah. or early signing period. So that's going on. Uh, Notre Dame with Riley Leonard and a lot of stuff to talk about. So it'll be fun. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. All right, that is Taylor Dahl. That'll do it for our program. 20 years from now, you'll be what, 66? 
67? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be dead, but well, yeah, if 60, I am still yeah. alive, well, you'll, you'll be at the I, rock, would, I would technically be, well, yeah, 67. Well, you'll go at the Rock Hall then when... Too fat for carrot cake. Too fat for carrot cake goes <laughs> in. Okay. I'd be very disappointed if you're not there then. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, Lagway signs for Florida? Yes. I'll give it to Folks, that's our program. Don't go anywhere. The uh, ladies from Hamilton Hills are next on 1010 XLNA 2.5.